episode 265 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. Uh, yeah, it's just, jo- jo- you know, Josh and I, we uh, we have that empty third chair there, but I think we'll be able to handle this. We've done this a couple times before. I think we'll be okay. I filled that third chair with booze. Yummy. Booze is good food. So, yeah, I think we'll be all right. But, uh, well, we'll miss, we'll miss Joel's sultry voices. Or voice. It always sounded like voices because it, it had that it had that reverb in it. You just felt like you were in an opera hall when he was talking. Just filled my ears with awesomeness. So anyway, well, we have a lot of awesomeness here tonight. Uh, actually, a lot of awesomeness, and uh, we're going to be talking about a couple new releases. And uh, one of the pieces of awesomeness is that we talked to Mr. Sean McGrath for the game Dyad that's coming out for the PSN this summer sometime. Uh, we had an absolute blast with him, so we'll uh, be doing that a little bit later. Few news items. Uh, Josh will then talk about the Sony Spring event, uh, the preview event that he had a couple weeks ago, part two of that. Uh, what we're playing, and we'll talk a little bit about the website review from one of our new writers. We already got something up from him, so uh, very cool. Some emails. We have a voicemail, but I didn't get time to transcode it, so we'll have to wait until next week on that, and uh, we'll get the heck out of here. Sounds short, but I have a feeling we're going to be talking for a long time. I don't know why. Maybe it's because you and I have been talking of all night. We sat here for forty-five minutes bullshitting. Yeah, seriously, it's already nine o'clock my time. We haven't and I even want to start the damn tonight? show. Uh, I'm screwed. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> the show might not be out until Thursday. Just saying, folks. I have Seinfeld trivia tomorrow night. I have to go. Uh, what is the deal with all this trivia? All right. Well, uh, first things first, uh, if you want to reach us, get over to psnation.org. Uh, a lot of exciting things are happening over there. Get the new writers online this week so they can start putting up their content. We, of course, have our original writers and uh, all those guys putting up some awesome stuff as well. Uh, you can also find uh, myself over on the regular Twitter account. Josh, he uh, he tweets on this every now and then as well. I saw him doing it the other day, actually. So you can check, uh, <laughs> check that out at, at ps3nation. And if you're looking for me on the PSN, my name is Torgo, T-R-T-O-R-G-O. I can't spell tonight. Must be the lack of booze. T-O-R-G-O. T-O-R-G-O. And now we're going to get sued because it's, whatever. And then if you want to find Josh over on Twitter, you can do at P-J-F, as in Frank Josh. And on the PSN, he is Philip underscore J underscore Fry. So now, do the new release duties go to you or are we going to switch off on these? I, I can take them. That's well, fine. There's a lot there. Yeah, well, you know, I'll muddle through <laughs> it somehow. <laughs> PS3 new releases. We have Sniper Elite V2. Yeah. Now, the demo is out for the PS3. V2. Yes, and, uh, yes it is. But when I was at Trivia, uh, my boss, I'm on my boss's trivia team, and I'll talk about that a little bit later because I know a lot of people had questions, but uh, his daughter was there and his daughter's boyfriend was there. And this kid had this Uber PC, like, I've never built anything this big in my life for a PC. And he was playing the demo of this game on the PC, so he had it cranked all the way up and everything else. It was pretty interesting. It actually has, you know, real drop, and it actually, you know, it, it takes into effect even the Coriolis effect, apparently. So they really try to get the physics right, but it's it's this real flashy sniper game. So he was playing in World War II times, and, and he would, like, hit a guy, and it would go through both his kneecaps, you know, or... Uh, he would shoot the guy in the heart and all of a sudden it would go to a, an x-ray view of his chest and you'd see it exploding his heart, that kind of stuff. So <laughs> they, they got the realism part and the graphics were nice on the PC at least. Uh, but they, you know, they got the whole realism thing going, but then they just went with the flashy Mortal Kombat kills. 
So pretty interesting game. I, I I need to check out the PS3 demo still. I just haven't had time. Yeah, I wonder how that's gonna how they translate it to the PS3. This is from Five Hundred Five Games, uh, and it's forty nine ninety nine. It's not the full on sixty dollar title. Which that's kind of common from Five Hundred Five, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't I, know if we've ever seen a sixty dollar game from them. That's the thing. Like I saw Five Hundred Five Games, and I saw fifty bucks, and I went. Mm. I don't know, but there's a demo, so hey, yeah, definitely try it out, see how good it is. Yeah, uh, that's cool, and that's it for the PS3, PS Vita, Mortal oh. Kombat. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get this, aren't I? Thirty nine ninety nine. You know what's sad is I'm probably gonna end up playing this more than I play the PS3 one. <laughs> and this comes well, with all the classic DLC too, all the classic costumes DLC built right into the game. Yeah, it's very cool that. Hey, you got Mortal Kombat on the go. No more carrying your Nomad around and 52D batteries. <laughs> nomad! Oh, I got to tell you a story. <laughs> that bring up that brings up a great story. Um, back in the CES days, before E3 existed, uh, I used to go to... It was twice a year. It still is. But it's this big home electronics thing. Everybody knows what CES is. But uh, that's where all the video game stuff was back then. And I went one time with my really good friend, Mike Femmler, uh, this guy that I... A really good friend of mine lives in Kansas City still. And he came along, and he was obsessed with the Game Gear. I don't know why. I don't know anybody that would be as obsessed with the Game Gear as he was, especially when the uh, Turbo Express was out but and the Lynx. Uh, but he just he always roots for the underdog, and that, that's one thing that I really like about Mike. But uh, they were showing off Mortal Kombat 2, and they had it for the Genesis. They had it for the SNES, and everybody's like, oh, my God, it has real blood finally because the first game had green goo for blood on the SNES, and it sucked. Uh, and then they showed the Game Gear version. Well, the Game Gear version only had like eight fighters, and it's terrible. It's it's terrible in the the Game Gear. So at the time, we were videotaping everything with this really nice Canon camera that I had, you know. And every now and then, he'd grab the camera for me and go off shoot whatever he wanted to, and you know, I'd be off playing games here and there. And I get back home, and I swear to God, there's probably an hour of footage from the Game Gear version of Mortal Kombat 2 in the goddamn camera, <laughs> all over the place on that tape. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Dude, it's great. It's awesome. Like, no, it sucks. <laughs> it was terrible. It was like five frames per second. It, it just looked awful, but he was just so into that uh, game. Yeah. So funny. Anyway, sorry. Uh, First tangent well, of the night, and it ain't going to be the last. Holy tangent, Batman. There we go. While you're playing your Mortal Kombat, and you know you're going to need this because you're going to run your batter. Actually, I need this for Luminous. I'm so uh, getting this. <laughs> the PS Vita portable charger from Sony is yes. finally coming out, and it's forty nine ninety nine. Adds another six and a half hours of battery life. Yeah, that's what you need for those flights and things like that. Or that's what I need when I'm laying in bed playing Luminous. <laughs> yep. I am buying one of these before E3 for sure. I'm. I almost. I, I didn't. They didn't have a, a release date for it for a long time in the U.S. And it was out in Japan, and I was damn close to having Martin, you know, go get one for me. So finally, I, I yep. thought they were releasing that over here. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. That's very one. good. Looks well, nice and small. You just well, plug it, it, it looks right like, kind of like go. your iPhone one, where you know you plug it in and it just charges up the battery or something. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's all it is. Well, without further ado, uh, we need to get to this right away. Uh, this is something that you got to see at, at that New York City uh, preview event, and instead of just talking about it, 
uh, we decided to get the gentleman on that makes this game. So this is a game called Dyad. It's for the PSN. It's one of the pub fund games, actually. So uh, Sony has this whole system called the pub fund where they'll actually help you pay for the development of the game if, if you know if, if they're really interested in it. And uh, we get to talk to Sean. Sean's actually pretty much making this game on his own. He's had some help from a couple people, but uh, he's been working on this for quite a while on his own. And, and uh, we're going to try to get a video up on our website and a couple other things. But uh, check out the interview. I think you're going to be really interested in this. It's uh, Sean McGrath for the game Diet. joined uh, by somebody that Josh actually got to meet a couple weeks ago, and uh, he's he's a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, this is Sean McGrath, maker of the game Dyad, coming out for the PSN eventually, sometime soon, it's later, something like that. <laughs> Welcome, sir. As soon as possible. <laughs> well, if you'd, if you'd stop watching Trailer Park Boys, maybe you could get some work done. So that show's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, first off, uh, tell us a little bit about the game. I mean, I think Josh is really going to be able to kind of run this a little bit better than I can because, I, like I said, I've only seen the video of, of Sid Schumann just kind of staring into space when he was playing the game. So, <laughs> Yeah, he, he had a good time. I, I'm going to try to uh, Neil Gaff's kind of on that already. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that already. So tell us a little yeah, bit about it. Like, great. what are the game mechanics? I, you know, kind of where, where did all this come from? Um, the mechanics are really strange. There's no, like, it's kind of impossible for me to describe them because there's, like, no basis for them. Like, I can't be like, oh, it's like this game or whatever. But basically, it starts off with you trying to hook onto enemies. So the game happens in a tube, and it's kind of a racing game, and you're trying to go fast or whatever. And you try to hook onto enemies in order to pull yourself towards them in order to get speed. But, like, the counter to that is if you run into one of them, it knocks you backwards, right? So... Um, they're both the only way you can get speed and the only way you can, uh, can slow down. Um, then it, it sort of gets a little bit more complex where you try to make combos of enemies, right? Where you hook two of the same color in a row. And then eventually those, that starts making like a track, like it's, I call it a zip line. And it's like a, if you hook one and then hook another one, there'll be like a track that you ride on and you go really fast when you're riding on that track. So you try to make combos in order to do that. Then there's another mechanic called grazing where, if you get really close to an enemy but don't hit it, you get energy, and then you can turn that energy into a weapon called a lance shot where you shoot really far forward. And then at that point, you try to kill. You try to, like, run into as many enemies as possible because that kills them and makes you go even faster. And then there's more mechanics having to do with uh, immunity and making your immunity last longer and fun stuff like that. Huh. That's about the most unique thing I've heard in a long time, and that makes me happy. It's pretty different, yeah, but, I mean... Like if you watch the video, I don't know which videos you saw, but the game looks pretty difficult to understand um, yeah. from a video. 
but like once you sit down and play it, it's really, really simple. Like Josh, you played it, right? Like it was, it wasn't complicated at all, right? Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where I mean, I think even when I came to see it, we talked very, very briefly, and you said, you know what? It's easier here. Just put the controller in your hand and let's go. <laughs> okay. Because it is. It's it's very hard to describe, but once you sit down with it and get going on it it all starts to make sense and you're you're trying to make those combos and you're trying to speed up and you're trying to do all these cool things and and the visuals are just so trippy i think i even said to you at one point uh any chance of 3d and <laughs> you you were, your mouth was agape. <laughs> You're like, no, somebody's somebody's head would explode. <laughs> if if I tried it's, it's not it, I mean like yes, someone's head would explode, but it's not for the reasons that you might think. Um the way I don't know if you've played a lot of 3D games, but I have and I actually really 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 like 3D. Um the best uses I've seen it is in uh, MLB the show. Yeah. And all the you all the UI stuff is in 3D and it floats over everything nicely and it just looks like proper. Um, the way Dyad works with the tunnel and how it like uh, lines up against the edge of the screen, if you put that in 3D, it makes like no sense at all, and it will totally break the 3D effect and will just hurt your head. It's not good. I, I had it running in 3D, and it's just it's really bad. Oh, okay. If you want to try a better game in 3D than even MLB is uh, Child of Eden from Ubisoft. Oh, yeah. It is gorgeous in 3D. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I unfortunately... I stupidly bought the Xbox version because I didn't want to wait for it. <gasps> and uh, I'm thinking about going just to buy the PS3 version as well because I really want to play that in 3D. Yeah, it's you have to play it in 3D too. Amazing. So, yeah, I mean, really cool. where where did this idea come from? Just kind of something you were thinking about or you just kind of started playing around and like you created a mechanic and just started building upon that or I guess what's the process? Oh yeah. Yeah. If you like, if you saw the early versions of the game, they, I mean, if you saw a version of the game from a year ago, it doesn't even resemble, I mean, it resembles it, but it's, it's very, very different than the version that exists today. Uh, when I first started, all I cared about was making a game that you go really, really fast in. And then like quickly, I was like, Oh, if you put it in a tube, then it makes it look like you go even faster. And then, um, it wasn't just me at this point. There was a, another game designer in Finland named Pekka Koskinen who was working with me, and we would just, like, we'd spent a year just trying out um, different mechanics and different ways of making things feel fast, right? So the game feels really fast, but it's totally playable, and figuring out how to make something feel... Like, have you seen the game Ballistics before? Yes. Ballistics is way faster than Dyad, but it's also completely unplayable. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's like when you go at that speed, you can't see anything, right? And you can't interact with anything, right? So a lot of dyad was a lot of time, like designing dyad was figuring out mechanics that would make it feel extremely fast, but not be difficult to play. And that was a very, very tricky thing. And it just took like literally years of like put something in, play with it, see where it goes, you know, find some things that are nice about it, explore those, throw away everything that sucks, repeat, 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 repeat for you know three years. And you pretty much built this whole thing on your own with the help of, uh, like, one programmer and, and a guy that helped you with the music, right? Yeah, so um, wow. the game, I had a programmer for a year, I hired him, and then I ran out of money, which sucked, because I really want his help now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm at the, like, making sure everything, you know, fits, you know, passes cert, no bugs, everything runs smoothly, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of annoying now doing all that myself but um yeah there was that guy 
I had a lot of business help from Jason DeGroote. He, you know, he got me in touch with Sony. He, you know, did the early music for the game. He was going to do all the music for the game, but he got caught up in sound shapes and that's fine. Um, yeah, he's doing sound shapes now. So that's fucking awesome. Good for him. So, uh, I had a lot of help from him. He basically, he he came with me to uh, Boston last year, PAX East, and helped me like assemble the machine. I don't know if you've seen the machine, but it's a pretty crazy thing. I can talk about that later if you haven't seen it or know anything about it. No, um, that's so first he came, it. Oh wow, Jesus. Okay, um, so he flew out to Boston with me and gave me a big hand there. Like he's been helpful like from day one, and he's still helping me out now. So Jason's awesome. And then David Kanega, the musician, he came in. Um, this will seem surprising to anyone who's played it, but he came in fairly late, about a year and a half ago. Uh, I've been friends with him for a while, and I was—he was like, "I want to," you know. I showed him the game at GDC three, two years ago, and then last year I showed him at GDC, and he was like, "Oh, I, w- I want to do music for it." And I was like, "All right, let's see what you've got." But he's been like studying and coming up with theories for interactive music like his whole life. Oh wow! And so he's like, he's like, "We're going to do this." And then, so I put it in, and I, I didn't, I didn't understand it at first, right? He's like, we're gonna, we're, you know, it's gonna be like this, and this is gonna happen. And I was like, I'll, I'll program whatever you tell me, right? So we put something in, and for four months of working on it, it was like the way the music worked and how it was interactive was like amazing, and I've never seen anything like it. I was like, you're doing all the levels. And he said, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's been working on it. I was Sorry? gonna say the music is it's fantastic, and the the way it interacts. It, there was that one level, I don't remember which level it was, but you you put the headphones on me at that point, and you just backed off, and you're like, just go, and it just builds around you, and it works with what you're doing, and it's fantastic the way the way it all connects. Yeah, D- David's a genius. Um, there's 27 levels. Every, and you haven't even seen anything yet. Like, if you only got to that level, which is level eight, you've seen the first set of levels. Um, the way the music builds is different in every level. Every level has its own rules for building music, and all the levels have different music, right? So some levels have, like, 150 sounds playing. 200, up to 230 sounds is one of the levels. Um, <laughs> and it just constantly swaps different loops. So there's, like, 30 to 60 sounds playing at all times. And the volume levels of those are tied into uh, different metrics for the game, right? So, like, if you're going fast, you know, it builds up certain ones and turns down certain ones. If you're, you know, hooking onto a lot of things or lancing a lot, it, it fades in different things and all that fun stuff. Plus, there's event sounds that happen. Like, if you hook an enemy, it plays something in the key of the music, right? So, um, mm-hmm. the music system is really, really advanced, and uh, David did an insanely good job. Nice. See, I, I actually really too. like the games like that that kind of interact with the music. And, I mean, you know, you talked about sound shapes, but even uh, Jonathan Mack's first game, Everyday Shooter, was another one that really pulled me in because of that mechanic. So that, it, that makes me even more excited for this game now. Yeah, um, the way Everyday Shooter works is similar to the way Res worked, which it means it had, like, a, a constant... It had, right. like, a background track, and, and the level was designed to run the background track. Right. This has no background track. This has no sound over five seconds long. Oh, wow. And so it's just constantly changing... You know, it's doing a lot of chord changes throughout different mixes of different volumes and things like that. It's it's really quite a bit different than that. But if it wasn't for like a Resident Everyday Shooter, I wouldn't have been able to even like do this or even know that this was possible. So those were really great games. So with each playthrough, you could conceivably get a an entirely different soundtrack going to, just based on the way you're playing the level. Entirely is probably a stretch. Well, um, uh, yeah. But yes, it will sound different every single time. Uh, we tried to, uh, I had 
replays being saved and videos being saved, and we were going to use that. And I got rid of it. I took it out. I didn't like it. Um, it was probably a positive feature in many ways. There certainly was a positive feature in many ways. But I got rid of it because I liked the idea of... So Thelonious Monk, um, one of my favorite pianists, oh, jazz pianists, yeah. he said that uh, whenever he does a recording of a performance, he gives it two takes only. Uh, first take, if they fuck up, okay, they'll do it again. And if they fuck up again, it doesn't make the album. Because he believes that like, there's a certain feeling and uh, spontaneity that happens in a performance mm-hmm. and does not want that ruined by multiple takes, right? So I, I sort of believe that. And if you treat the game as a performance, like you're performing it for people or you're performing for yourself or whatever, then if you save it, you kind of lose that like live feeling, right? So had to get rid of all that. Interesting concept. I mean, I, I, I that's that's pretty groundbreaking in my opinion. <laughs> that's well, four AM does it too. But four AM does yeah. it like a whole crazier level right like they have like you can stream your performances and things like that right yeah. so what 4am does is is and they have way more control 4am you have more control over the music because it's actually a music making game right. um is not a music making game it just happens to make music that's like a side effect of having good music design cool well i know you mentioned before and we actually have a question about it too but uh just in general with with the trophy support in the game uh you mentioned that there's actually a really big reward in the game for for earning trophies. Yeah, so I hate trophies. Um, so do I. Thank you. <laughs> but but I hate trophies because I hate how games do trophies. Right. The actual concept of trophies is can be good. And so what I hate about trophies is you know, collect 900 objects over the course of your game, right? Like, you're just encouraging grinding and people playing for the sake of collecting a trophy rather than for the sake of enjoyment of the game. So I hate that usage of trophies. So um, I thought about, I, was, I wasn't going to have trophies. Like, two years ago, I was like, I'm not, doing, I'm not doing achievements or trophies or whatever. And so I thought a lot about it, and I was like, well, what trophies actually allow you to do is it can recontextualize sections of a game, right? So if like you're if the game is set up to play, you know, you, you know, you have a lot of freedom and you can play however you want, right? Mm-hmm. But if the goals are di- directed towards playing in one particular way, what if there was a trophy rewarded for playing in an alternate way? And with an alternate set of goals and maybe, you know, slightly different rules or whatever, how cool would that be? So um, I made the original 26 levels. Tw- there's 27 levels, but only 26 of them have trophies because the last level is going to be completely different. Um, so I made the original 26 levels and I was like, well, let's, let's think if how I could recontextualize each of these levels and like a million ideas poured out like instantly. Right. So I was like, Oh fuck yeah, trophies. So how the trophies work is it's actually just an alternate level. So like all 26 of them have a game level, which is the main level. And then an alternate level, which is the trophy level. And that's how you earn your trophies. And they're all different. Like one of them is, uh, you know, you can't see the colors of the enemies and you have to play entirely by sound. Stuff like that. So they're they're recontextual. Yeah, they're recon they're recontextualization of the core idea in each level. Wow. Now, when, when you say when you say what the audio support is, it in surround or are you just using uh, stereo? It's just stereo. Um, I was we were going to mix in mono because it sounds better, but there were certain effects that we needed stereo for, so it's stereo. Um, 
people are like, oh, you know, why don't you add Doppler effect and things like that? Uh, because Doppler effect plays things like plays things in dissonance with the music. So if you're trying to make it musical, if you're trying to like make it musical like that, then uh, random pitch shifts at all times doesn't really work all that well. So we do use Doppler effect in certain locations, but we do it in a very controlled way. So it'll only pitch between octaves and things like that. Wow. I still want to yeah. play that level where it's only sound. I really, <laughs> I really want to try that. Oh, there's, yes. lots, there's lots of weird shit like that. Oh, man. Yeah, there is. As um, You showed briefly some of the higher levels, and... It, things just get insane in that game. I mean, it's it's good. There's a good progression from what I saw. Like it, it kind of lets you build your way up and get an understanding of the mechanics and how the game works. And then it just gets crazier and crazier as you go, and keeps adding more layers onto it. And it's it's the perfect kind of almost like puzzle chase score type thing where. <laughs> It's hard. To, it's so hard to describe. I just don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> well, so I, I think it's. I think it's really important, and I think this is something that's sort of outside of what most. I don't want to say most people. What, what a lot of games seem to like. What the perception of. But the perception of games to me are is they don't value people's time. Like they're trying to make long experiences for people or whatever like that or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't. I don't. I don't want to. And I don't want to waste time playing a game, right? I want every second I'm playing a game to be a rewarding thing. And I want it to be like intrinsically rewarding as though the game is giving me the reward, not like a trophy or whatever, right? So I thought a lot about making the game as short as humanly possible, right? Like the game, you know, maybe it'll take you eight to 10 hours to beat, but that's because every minute you're doing something brand new. And I wanted to make it so that it was a really tough balance of making it so that every single second you're playing, it feels fresh and new and also understandable, right? Like that's a really difficult thing to do because, you know, if you play like a Final Fantasy or whatever, 10 hours you're spent doing the exact same thing. And that's, you know, how you're taught or there's tutorials or whatever, right? So you can spend like 10 hours doing the same thing over and over again until you get it right. I tried to cut that down as short as humanly possible. And then constantly add new things for you to do. So if you see one of the later levels, it's a com- you don't understand it, right? It's a complete mess. And you're just like, how could anyone play this? You play for a few hours, like linearly through all the levels, and you're like, oh, this makes total sense. I don't even know why it was confusing a little while ago. So I, I spent a lot of time figuring out that progression, and that was, you know, that was tricky. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, now, this is a pub fun game. And could you talk to us a little bit about how that came about? How did you get with Sony and, and what, what do they do for you as, as a pub fund game developer? How does all that work? Because we've heard bits and pieces of it, but I don't know if we've ever heard somebody who's actually involved in it talk about it. Sure. So I got involved with Sony because I showed them the game and I was like, do you want this? And they were like, yes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Oh, it's easy. I, I didn't. Yeah, it was that easy. I didn't play for anything. Um, I'm just like, this is what I'm doing, and if you want it, that's great. If you don't, oh well. And they wanted it, right? Because I don't want to say like it's really good or whatever, but like they saw something there that thought that made them think that you know it's great, whatever. Leave them alone. And so working with Sony's been amazing because 
I do whatever I want and everything I do, they seem to like. So I don't know how it is for other people, but for me, that's how it is. And I'm, and I'm like really, really enjoying working with Sony and I will work with them again because it's, it's amazing. Cool. Um, for pub fund, for pub fund, uh, they were like, you want pub fund? And I was like, okay. And then they sent a contract over and I signed it. Like that was it. Like it wasn't like there was no fight. There was no like, <laughs> it was just like, I did change a couple of things in the contract or whatever, just to, you know, because I didn't want to do some certain things. Like, there's some things I didn't want to do. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. They're and like, I okay. want all the <laughs> M&Ms I can eat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so that worked out really well. They were like, okay, you know, whatever you want. So um, that's been great. And I think one of the reasons why I'm so fortunate is because everybody inside of Sony likes the game. Right, so all the third-party people, the head of Sony or the head of PlayStation Digital or whatever, all of those people like love the game. So when I'm like, oh, I want to do this, I'm like, go do it, no big deal, right? So I'm pretty lucky in that regard. I don't know how it is for other people. So because I'm pub fun and because everyone really likes it, they're giving me a whole bunch of PR support, a whole bunch of press support. Um, showing, I showed it at GDC on the show floor. I was just in New York at the event that you were at, Josh. Um, that's all set up by Sony. And, you know, they've just been, like, really supportive of the game because I guess they really like it. That's really cool. I mean, we we yeah. actually, a lot of times when we talk to people that have done this, the pub fun games, it, it's actually, we kind of get the same feedback from everyone that that it's just been a really positive experience. So that's nice to hear. That's good. I'm I'm glad. I really don't know how, you know, I don't know how other people uh, feel about it. But if everyone's having a positive experience, that's good because I really like the program. And I would like to do it again if they if they allow me to because it's you know it's, I can do whatever I want I have like unlimited creative freedom and even though I had to put the money up front to build the game I have an assurance now that I'll make you know some of that money back. Oh nice, it's quite good. Yeah, that's yeah. how Fun works. That's cool. That's yeah, really great. Good. So, do you have any idea of when you're going to try to bring this game out? Soon as possible. Um, if it's not this summer, I'm going to put a bow in my head and it's never coming up. So it's going to be this summer. <laughs> it's funny, but it's kind of true. <laughs> like it's been, you know, I've been working on something for four years, right? It's hellish. But, oh, really? Um, four years you've been working on this? It'll be four years this summer, yeah. It's not four years yet, but it'll be four years this summer. Yeah, it takes a long time to make a game like this, I guess. Longer than I expected. But. It looks close. It looks like you're really getting close from what I yeah. saw. Yeah, no, no, like, it's, the game part of it is done. It's just, like, there's a lot of, like, little features that I think are really important and a lot of games skip out on. Like, I want it to be... So, when I originally started considering this as a commercial game rather than just being a freeware thing that I make in three months, I was sort of thinking about how I can get... You know, how I can make it really good for like my mom to play, right? And I don't mean like I'm making a casual game. I mean, I'm making, you know, it's a fucking game, right? But I wanted to make it in such a way that people who aren't super, super good at games can still get something out of it, right? That's why everything is dynamic and everything sort of builds up uh, as you play well, right? So there's always incentive to play better. But I yeah. thought of it, I, I was trying to think of it as a way to get anybody who wants, anyone who w- likes cool shit and is like, yeah, this is kind of cool, I want to like play this. I wanted like it to be playable by them. I didn't want to like force it down their throats like pop cap or whatever. Right. I just wanted to make something that anyone could play. Then, um, 
because I'm a pretty hardcore gamer. I was a competitive StarCraft player and a competitive Soul Calibur 2 player. Wow. I, I, play, um, I play games at a high level sometimes. So I wanted the game to appeal to me at that really high level. So I had to figure out how to do that too. So there's 52 leaderboards in the game. And each one of those leaderboards, there's one leaderboard for each level and each trophy level. Each of them, with the exception of maybe like the first, the first one is not very good. Um, <laughs> other than that, other, I mean, they're good, right? But it's just like it's not highly competitive because the game doesn't have enough in it yet. So, you know, out of 52 of them, 50 of them are really good and really highly competitive. So, you know, if you make 52 leaderboards or whatever, people can play them, but... Um, there's so many that there's no like way to be super competitive with other people. So I wanted to have like a monthly challenge where one leaderboard or, you know, biweekly or whatever works out best. I can change it any time. So it's great. But, um, I wanted to make it so, you know, every month one leaderboard is featured and you can go play it and compete with people to try to get, you know, as good as you can, right? Like that takes time to program. Sure. Um, also I wanted it. So, uh, a bunch of my friends that I played Starcraft and Soul Calibur with, the, uh, they played the game and they were sitting there playing one level for like four hours. The two of them passing the controller back and forth, trying to beat each other's score. And I was like, well, I guess you got to have friend support so you can see where your friends are <laughs> and like compete very tightly with your friends and online. Right. So there's like a lot of like little features like that, that I think most games kind of skip out on because they're difficult and time consuming to implement and to do right. But uh, it's kind of important to me to, to do that. Sure. That's awesome. So that's why it's, that's why it's, that's what's left to do. And, uh, you know, I'm working as hard as I can on it. Are you doing anything with, uh, like any Facebook integration at all? Like you can post your score or anything like that? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> don't, don't, don't make him no, go no, into I'm, all that now. No, too. I didn't know if he had it in the works already or not. <laughs> just, I, let him get curious. the game out. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like I, I, I may do something like that. If I think it's good. Um, I'm not convinced it's good because I've seen like the Uncharted that does that, and I'm just like, oh, this is terrible. But the way Sorcery does it with Twitter, where you can retweet all the dialogue, that's super fun. So if I could, um, by Sorcery, I mean Sword and Sorcery, not the PlayStation game Sorcery. Um, if I could do, if I could do something like that, where it fits the game and makes the game better without detracting or being like, you know non-genuine towards the whole core concept of the game, then I would totally do something like that. I just don't know if I can. I don't know if, if that, if a solution that I'm happy with exists. Okay. That's fair. I was just curious. I mean, the reason I bring it up is, uh, the, the pinball arcade that just came out has a thing where, you know, if you get a really high score, you can post it to Facebook and there's that whole score chase element. So that's how, that's why I was curious. Yeah, I think, but I just don't know if, if that's better than, if that adds anything other than friend support on PSN. Sure. If it does add something, sure, I'll do it. But I'm not convinced yet. Okay, that's fair. Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh, is, Josh I plays online the least. I wasn't convinced that trophies were a good idea. But I am 100% convinced now that the way I did trophies is, is, was, the right, was the right idea. So I'd have to think about it a little bit and see if it's if if I can make it feel right. Because I think I made trophies feel right, even if you don't like trophies. If you do like trophies, they're awesome. If you don't like trophies, they're still really awesome. See, so if I can do that, that for yeah. if I can do that for online, uh, like Facebook integration or Twitter or something like that, then I totally will. 
I'll tell you what, it, this is the first time that I'm actually compelled to want to try to get the trophies now, honestly. Yeah, you don't have to get them. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't like block your progress or whatever. You can, play, you can beat the entire game and see the ending without ever getting a trophy. Yeah, but I want the extra and, levels. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't need trophies to get the extra levels, actually. Oh, if, you okay. beat, if you beat the extra levels, you get a trophy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a real uh, love-hate relationship with progress blocking. Um, for a while, I was like, fuck it. Every level's unlocked right from the start. Why not? Like, I don't care. Like, if people want to play them out of order, people can play them out of order. I'm okay with that, right? Um, but then it makes the game really shitty. Because, like, you jump to a level and you don't know what the fuck's going on, and you're like, oh, I hate this game. <laughs> so I didn't want to do that. Um, so I made the progress blocking as friendly as possible. There's three stars per level. Um, getting one star is not particularly difficult in any level. Mm-hmm. So that unlocks the next level automatically. So once you get one star, you can go to the next level. Once you, you know, one star, you can go to the next level. So it's possible just to like casually play through the entire game and see everything, right? Which is important, I think, because like if you're going to make all this cool shit, why block it with some like task that some people aren't interested in, right? Like being good. So I did that. And then I was like, well, you know, if we're doing the trophies, we can have the trophy levels be locked until you get three stars on a level because that makes sense because they're more for hardcore players anyway. And then if you beat that level, if you beat the trophy level after you get three stars in the main level, you can play the trophy level, and if you beat that, then you're rewarded with a trophy. That seems fair. It seems to, like, hit the why block anybody for the sake of blocking people so that they play more, you know, so they spend more time with your game. And it also hit the let's fucking make something that hardcore players can really like. That's good. Yes, I think that definitely. works. I don't like being spoon-fed my games. Yeah, you're not. Sp- yeah, you're not spoon for anything. Like, there's, there's no time to relax. It's a pretty intense game. It is. I can attest to that. <laughs> it really is. Uh, right. Are you a hardcore game player, or are you more of a? I just want to play. With I, it happens. depends. I, I go back and forth. It depends on the game. Uh, but these types of games, I can, I can get crazy with at times. Yeah, me too. Uh, the way I tend to play games, like like big sandbox games or even first person shooters or things like that. I spend all my time just wandering through the levels and looking at every last little thing that was built because I'm just fascinated. Yeah. Because somebody spent time on it, right? Yeah. And yeah. And I'm fascinated by, Oh my gosh, look at this little scrap of paper here in the corner. Why did they put that there? That's so cool. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm fascinated by the detail. (laughs) My favorite thing to do in GTA four was to ride a cab everywhere. And look at the window. That was fun. Yeah, I, it takes me forever to get through games like that because that's what I do. I, I just I like to really take in everything that's going on there. So, yeah, I mean, when I was standing there and I was I was playing like your game and I'm I'm trying to figure out the mechanics of it and get through it. I'm, I'm looking at everything that's going on around there. And, you know, to my detriment at times, <laughs> because you really have to be paying attention to to kind of work your way through the level. But oh yeah, there's something else that I didn't didn't tell you guys. Um, there's a remix mode for each level. So there's three modes to play a game trophy and remix. And in the remix mode, you can use the analog triggers to slow the game down so you can like get a look at all the graphics in slow-mo you can nice slow down. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome oh, that's cool yeah and then, and then you can like you can remix you can change some graphics and sound options and stuff like that too so it's like a whole other way of playing it because why not oh that is really really cool yeah i think it's uh david the musician i think that's his favorite way of playing now he's not into like hardcore difficult games 
or like even like competition in games. He, he doesn't, that's not his thing. So he sits there and he plays the remix levels like nonstop for hours. Oh, wow. Jeez, I, I could see myself probably doing that. <laughs> oh, boy, this is, this is your next just cause right here. <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah, I, I put, well, I put, what was it, 130-some hours into Just Cause 2. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's why we call I, I it a Josh in the game. I don't spend that much time with Diet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I would feel bad if you spent 137 hours playing Diet. <laughs> he, he'll do it. If, he, if he's into the game enough, he'll do it. Yeah, I would. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's there is stuff available if you want to. I don't know about 137, but there's stuff available if you want to play like 50 or 60 hours. I think it'll be fresh every minute still. That's just awesome. That's really cool. All right. Well, sir, uh, thanks very much, and uh, we will talk to you very soon. And everybody needs to keep their eyes out for Dyad. Uh, like I said, we'll try to get as much information as we can up on the website as well. So uh, have a good night, sir. Awesome. Thank you very much. You too. Uh, thanks very much to Sean for uh, taking the time out of his development schedule to, to come on and talk to us idiots on, on this podcast. And uh, I, I'm very serious when I say I'm, I'm incredibly interested in this game now after uh, talking to him and, and seeing the video and just kind of understanding what's going on with this game. Uh, I'll tell you what, man, how he's working the trophies is so freaking cool. If, if there was yeah. something like that on a lot of other games, I would be interested in trophies where if you actually got something for having these trophies, except for just, you know, Inflating your EPN, I'd be all over this. So I'd be I'd be a trophy whore if I got stuff out of it. <laughs> I like stuff. That's cool. I'm I'm really excited for this game too. And the nice thing is that right after he got off the phone with us, he was going right back to work on the game. Yep. He's like, all right, I gotta go back to work. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised bad, too. He's but from Canada and he didn't say a once. So yeah. <laughs> but he's close. He's he's definitely close to to getting things worked out. So hopefully we'll have it sometime this summer, uh, which would be great because it's one of those games that you just have to get in your hands to understand it. And once you do, it's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely. really fun to play. Well, what I'm what I'm hoping for, obviously, he's he's he'll probably be at E3. If he's at E3, we'll definitely try to get it, uh, some video with him, maybe of the game, and maybe we'll see if there's some way that we can get some. Uh, some footage of the game up on the website or something. So uh, we'll definitely work with him. Uh, you know, this is kind of one of our, our core values with this podcast and, and the website. And that's what it's always been is that we try to, you know, cover some of the games. A lot of other people may not have seen or may not have heard of. And this is definitely one of those that I think so far from what I've seen really deserves some, some exposure. So hopefully we can help out a little bit. This can be my shatter of 2012. Hell yeah. <laughs> so All very right, cool. Now, on to the big news of the day. Oh, boy. Skype video and voice calling showed up on the Vita today as we're recording. 
just out of nowhere, boom, there it is. Indeed. Unfortunately. And, yeah, it's it's great, I guess. I haven't. I just turned it on, I put my account in, and it came up, and the interface is really nice and everything. But not so nice if you're Mr. Popular over there, right, Glenn? Yeah, so I, uh, I tweeted it earlier, but uh, I was messing around with Skype. Uh, before we recorded tonight, because I actually wanted to try to make a call really quick on, on the show here. Yeah, that's not going to work, because I got a message saying, Skype has run out of memory because you have too many contacts. You will now be signed out. Really? So, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe tweet Skype and say what the F, uh, what the F is going on here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for this, because there's a lot of great features. I don't know if you can do conference calls on there. I, I didn't get into it long enough to find out. But one of the great features of this... And I'm, I can't believe this is here and not on the PS3, which I think they still need to do this in PS3, but you can actually run Skype in the background while you're playing games and everything else. So if you get a call while you're in a game, boom, it'll pop up. If you want to talk on Skype to your friends while you're playing a game, even online, boom, it works. The only one that doesn't work with that is like Uncharted and Super Stardust Delta. Any of the games that turn off the network features while you're playing the game, Skype won't work then, but that's it. And that's only a couple of games. Yeah, you just you have to be careful though because if you don't physically close down the application like pulling the the screen the splash screen shut uh it will keep running in the background and uh, your battery could go and your data if you're quick. on like a AT&T data plan, yeah. Yeah, so you just have to watch out for that, but uh otherwise it's pretty awesome. I mean, finally, Skype, uh, Skype that, well, not for you, but that works, <laughs> but not for you. What are you trying but, to say? It doesn't work for me? And now I'm just talking about Skype on the PSP. It worked, but, you know, it didn't work that great. It was, it was not a great implementation of it, and it was almost painful at times to get it up and running. And, and See, that's the funny you know, thing. I really never had it. any problems with the PSP one. I've used the PSP one on, on multiple occasions. I've called into podcasts with my PSP Go every now and then because my phone's battery was dead and everything. I'm like, oh, my Go's got it. Then I would just grab it and talk into the mic. It just felt more difficult to get it up and running. It just took longer. Well, it was sluggish. Right? Maybe That's it was all problem. in my head, yeah. No, it was, it was, very it was sluggish. sluggish. Yeah, definitely. So, and this is nice. It's a really nice interface. It's really snappy. It's yeah. really nice, lo- nice login screen. That's as far as I've gotten. It just the whole thing looks really cool. So, and it's got the video chat with it as well. Indeed. If you want to do that, so that's kind of a nice touch. With your, it would be cool if we could get that on the PS3 at some point. I just, I, you know, it must be a memory thing on the PS3. I just it don't has get it to be because yeah. my God, how great would that be? Especially with, especially the Capcom fighters, because people do that now. They get on Skype and talk because the voice chat on these Capcom fighters sucks balls. So now, just yeah. think, you can put it on your Vita at least, let your Vita sit there, and you can talk on Skype that way, which is a little bit easier than trying to get a laptop by or whatever else, and yeah. uh, go from there. But yeah, it's I, I really can't understand why, unless it's, the, it's a technical it, thing, why it's not on the PS3. It has to be a memory thing. It has to be like the same reason we don't have cross-game chat. You know, there's, there's a memory limitation. There's, it's probably got too big a footprint uh, that... They couldn't get it up and running and guarantee that it would work with all the other, you know, with games running at the same time. But that's time. a little bit different because that's a, a software feature in the OS itself. 
Skype is a third-party app. It just sits there on its own. So but you would think it's that they'd be able take to take up memory. Well, sure, you know, I understand that. But one way or another, so uh, there has to be a reason like that. Otherwise, it would be on there. I don't see any other reason for it not to be on there. I, I agree. Or maybe Microsoft's blocking it since they own Sky, uh, Skype now. So, but they didn't know, own but, it the entire lifetime of the PS. I understand you know, that. I'm just trying to take a jab at Microsoft because I work at, I work with Microsoft oh. every day and I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> There's that, yeah. Because you're you're a Linux whore. You're in love with Linux, according. What to... is it with that guy on the website? <laughs> what the fuck? I even said that to him finally. Like, yeah, I, I've worked with Linux extensively, but why do you keep posting this shit? I don't. I don't get it. I. I that's great if you're excited for it. I. That's great. I and I don't have anything against Linux because, like I said, my old job, I was like seventy percent Linux in my whole office. But I don't know why it's just this constant barrage of hey, check out this video. Blah blah blah. I, okay. I, I I know what Linux is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's great that Skype's there. I, I don't know what my problem is. Maybe I have to start deleting some people. I mean, there's a lot of contacts on here because whenever we did live shows, you know, I was adding people here and there. So maybe that's the problem. But, yeah, damn it. It, it seems really well, stupid. Well, you can, you can at least take Joel off there. Oh, oh. snap. <laughs> You know, it'd be funny if I if I took Joel off and that fixed the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the one. Like I I just have to get rid of one contact and it'll work. Well, that's it. I mean, Joel. You know, he's he's worth like ten contacts. That so. is true. That is true. I would believe that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, he's gonna hear this and send us a text. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I just had to love you, Joel. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this next one, <laughs> we've kind of pieced everything together, and uh, I can't breathe. <laughs> this big announcement that everybody's been talking about for—I uh, think it's tomorrow, actually, something like that. Uh, it, it's pretty darn clear that it's most likely uh, PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale from uh, a, a new developer in Culver City, Florida. Uh, Culver City, Florida. Culver, C- Culver City, California. <laughs> Uh, called Battle Superbot Royale? Entertainment. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> Battle Royale. Oh my God, Shucky. Uh, no, so that that's the URL's been uh, been, been registered w- from Sony. Uh, a bunch of other stuff is popping up. It's it's pretty clear that it's going to be this PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. So uh, there you go, folks. I hope it's not just some clone of Smash Brothers because I'm going to hate it. Then I'm absolutely going to hate it. Ah, I don't know. I think that. They would not do that. I would hope I'd not, like but I mean, believe. Battle. But Smash Brothers is a hugely successful franchise. I know, but I would like to believe that they've waited this long and they've thought about it to the point where, you know, they they kind of know what would probably work and what would probably not work. I would say as long as Sony marketing has had nothing to do with this, it has a chance. <sighs> it's possible. <laughs> Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll find I mean, out. we really don't have any info on that yet. I'm sure it'll be out by the time the next show hits, but uh, that's what it sounds like it's going to be. So there you go. This last one. Why don't you talk about this? I haven't read it either, so you're on the same level I am. I. But we have no link to it. <laughs> we do. Click Where? on the actual story. Oh, look oh. at you. Huh? Fancy shit. That's this technology, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, the 
Batman Arkham City Game of the Year Edition. See, this is what you do. You wait a couple months and the Game of the Year Edition comes out with all the other shit. Uh, This includes Harley Quinn content, year one movie, and the Harley Quinn DLC is coming on April 30th to the PSN. Now, I am going to play Mr. Freeze. They're going to bring me back on the Collector's Edition to play Mr. Freeze. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> he fucking sucked. <laughs> that was bad. Oh, uh, fuck you, Joel Schumacher. Oh, sorry. It's kind of a Tourette's thing. So, the Game of the Year edition, of course, is coming on May 29th. And it, it, it contains this Harley Quinn's Revenge expansion pack, along with all the other crap that they wanted you to download that would cost as much as the game all over again. Of course. And you're also getting a download of the Bat One, Bat, Bat One, Bat One Year Man animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Batman Year One animated movie, which I will assume is on the PlayStation Store on the video side. That would make sense. Um, I'm not sure if Year One is or not. I have the DVD or the Blu-ray. I mean, it, it's pretty good. I yeah, mean, the one so I bought I. had this little, this little Catwoman figurine and everything. And no, yeah. I don't sleep with it often. Uh. <laughs> but of course, the Harley Quinn DLC will be available to every other schmo on April 30th. Well, there you go. So, that's out there. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's pretty neat. It's it's good to see that they're still supporting the game. Maybe I can get past the three hour, three hour mark, finally. I would love to play yeah, that game. me too. I just haven't had time. I Well, I got kind of turned off to the way it was playing... Really? Unfortunately, yeah, because I love the. Fr- I talked about this on the show. I love the first one to death. I, I, I was like, I'm Batman. This is freaking awesome. I'm Batman. <laughs> it's just, it was so good. And this other one, I felt rushed. I felt like I was being pushed from place to place to place, and I couldn't do what I wanted to do, and I couldn't be Batman and just do my thing. And I didn't like the layout of where I was either. Uh, Especially because I'm in one corner and I'm forced to rush all the way over to the other corner. And then, okay, you did that. Oh, now you got to rush all the way back to the other corner. And I'm like, I, this is not fun. This, yeah. I don't like this at all. It, it's really funny because um, I think the layout actually lends itself more to being I'm Batman. Because what you have to do is ignore all that shit that's going on and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people have told me, you know, because it's it's this whole subset that's going on with the the mad bomber, what bombs at midnight or whoever the guy is. Uh, uh, That's from the tech. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was just going with that. I was going with you. (laughs) but this guy he's constantly making phone calls and of course i answer the phone because i want to be involved in whatever's going on here and and then you have to rush off and do this thing but i've been told once you get past that then you can just chill and do your thing and i just haven't gone back to it since then i've had other stuff to play and every time i think about it i just shudder thinking about how how frantic it felt and how it didn't feel like I was in control of anything and I just didn't like it. So I, I will, I'll get back to it at some point, but I just, uh, I don't know. It, it threw me when, when all that happened. So, yeah. 
I, I do want to play it. I, I love the first one, and I liked what I played in the second one. I just all of a sudden all this other, this other stuff came out that we had to review, and it just kept going and going and going. And I'm, now Battlefield's out. I'm like, oh, there's all my time. So yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like the next five six weeks, I'm not going to have time to play very many games at all, uh, just because I've got so much stuff to do for work and for this and for E3 and all that. So, uh, damn it. Maybe somebody could cure me of my Battlefield addiction. But we all know that'll never happen. Ever, ever, ever. All right. Uh, so what we're playing. I know you're going to do some, yeah. some stuff after the break, probably. So do you just want to kind of hit really quick what you played played? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Because okay. I didn't play a ton of stuff. Neither did I. I had uh, trivia this week, so. <laughs> yeah. I The Vita, of course... It was more Vita than anything else. Uh, from uh, from what's their names? Um, <laughs> you know, what's their name? Riviera, uh. Riviera, the Promised Land. Uh, I played a bunch of that. What? And I've never heard of that. What are you talking about? It's one of those. Who's the guy's uh, Persona Atlas? Okay, Atlas. It's an Atlas game. Oh, one Atlas. of the, the old PSP ones. Yes, Atlas. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying Atlas. Atlas. Yeah. All right. Shrug? Yes. Uh, yes, it's an old PSP game, and it's one of the ones that was on sale. It's one of the ones that works on the Vita, of course. And it's an RPG. It's cool little art style, and it's all about... The Vikings, Asgard. I, I mean, I say Vikings, but it's about Asgard and and all this and the wars that the gods were in, and now you have to go and awaken these spirit demons, and it's you know typical funky weird RPG junk. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, the, the dialogue in it is pretty funny, and as it walks you through the whole system and how you're going to get from A to B and what you're going to do and how you battle and it's kind of fun. Uh, so I was messing around with that for a couple hours and kind of getting into the story and everything. Uh, I played a bunch of Star Drone Extreme. Extreme! Yeah. That's the... No, it's motherfucking new, Extreme! <laughs> that's the new game from Beat Shapers. And that is the one that is also on the PSN from last year. Right, right. And that... You can share your save game back and forth. <laughs> so, it's really good so far. It's, I think it might be better on the Vita than it is on the PSN. And the you can use the touchscreen on the front to do everything, which I would recommend against. I would not recommend that at all. I would say <laughs> go for the back. Uh because when you're touching the front of the screen, you're really blocking what you're doing. And you can't see what you're doing half the time. Right. So just holding it and just being able... And there's two options for touching the back. And the one is where it's very specific to where you touch on the back. Yeah. You know, it's it's exactly like touching the front. Or Does it work better if you're slower? A little bit. Yeah, a little slower. You know, it's better if you lube up your finger a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> you put it in your mouth and 
Yeah, you can around. also have <laughs> you can also have the one touch option, where it doesn't matter where you touch on the back of the screen. You'll need an adult. It the the game itself will sort of figure its own algorithm. It'll figure out what the closest point is that you're trying to latch onto, hmm. and it'll just automatically do that. Okay. So you do have a couple options for control there, and it works both ways. It it actually works really well. So and it's a really good. It's a good puzzle game, uh, like physics based puzzle game, and you can go through it, and you can get through all of the well a lot of the levels with not too much difficulty. But it, the difficulty does ramp up. And to even get a decent score, you have to really start to get good at what you're doing. So you end up replaying a lot of the levels over and over again uh, to try to get that that better time and and everything. So yeah, it's neat. Yeah, I've got it on my Vita. I just haven't tried it yet. So that's one of my one of my plans this weekend since I'm staying home for a change. Yeah, so maybe uh, we can do a review of it next week. I Uh, think that'd be a good idea. Sounds like sounds like a good idea. Write yeah. that down. There should Write be a down. there should be a review on the website uh, coming up soon. Raj uh, has been playing it. Yeah, and he should have it by the weekend. I think he said. So, <laughs> yeah, Raj. <laughs> I'm putting him on the spot here. No, I'm pretty sure that's. Wait, what he is said. that European weekend time or is that? <laughs> Is that yeah? It'll uh, be here in three weeks. He's like, that's the weekend in Europe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're going to different schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we put days first, and then months, and then years. What's oh, your problem over there, you silly yanks? Of course. Now I'm going to leave and have some tea and strumpets. Let's see yes. how many emails I get for that one. <laughs> <laughs> so then I said, enough of this. Well, I played a bunch of Tiger Woods 13. And after that, I said, enough of this crap that I'm doing because I have to review it. I'm just going to play Uncharted Golden Abyss. So I did that. And I played that for a while, first couple levels. And man, when it booted up and the music started playing, I'm like, I got Uncharted in my hands. This is freaking awesome. Did you play with headphones on that? No, I should. Oh, you need to. I mean, it sounds great <laughs> on the Vita speakers, but you put headphones on, and all of a sudden you're in that environment again, and you're like, "What? The, this is so it's so small when I'm playing Uncharted." Yeah, it's so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Um, but okay, for Tiger Woods 13, I gotta say, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get through that. There's a lot to get through in that game, but I'm trying to get through some of that. I was messing with the clubhouse features and everything. Uh, which, I mean, it's good and bad to the point where you can only be in one clubhouse or one country club. Oh, okay. So, you know, I joined Cracker Jack's country club. Oh, God. You just wanted to, you then, just wanted to be able to have like the high scores right away. No, well, he's got, it's him and two other people in there. Oh, okay. And... But at the same time, I wanted to set one up myself and see how that works. So to do that, I had to quit his. Well, I don't blame you for um, that. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so 
Well, he's he's got a very exclusive membership list, you know. I, I don't like people that exclude people from things like well, that. Well, that's crackerjack to a T, really. It's yeah, yeah. You know. So, uh, so I started my own up just to see how it all works, and it's pretty straightforward in the way you set it all up, and then you can make it public or private, and you can uh, review applications, whatever the hell that is. Jeez. <laughs> uh, where I guess people say, hey, can I join? Then you can just say yes or no. You can just play God. So <laughs> Wielding the hammer of Asgard! Yeah, it's... Uh, it's kind of neat so far. I, I need to play with that some more and, and get an idea of how good that is. The annoying thing, though, is... Uh, like, I jumped right in, and... It, it has all these options and it's like, you know, the, the country club tournament. And I'm like, Oh cool. Let me try out the tournament. And it says tournament four nineteen. This tournament has passed. You can't oh. play it. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> by, by the way, if, if, if you've ever watched the masters, it's not tournament. It's tournament. Yeah. Well, so apparently they put these, I'm assuming EA puts these up like every couple of weeks or something. So, because I just happened to start my country club a couple days later, it's there, but I can't do it. I can't do anything with it. It's just kind of there <laughs> laughing at me because I missed it. So, that's kind of dumb. That's, that's the but. way golf is. And, and and even furthermore, I mean, you're lucky Tiger Woods exists because before that, if you were, like, let's say you were black, you wouldn't even be able to get into half of those. Well, that's true. That's so. why I'm talking about Cracker Jack and his uh, well, exclusive memberships. So. When when you're with the Wiener King of of Wisconsin, it's a very exclusive club. Oh yeah, he doesn't like white people. That's my problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> hmm. Um. But I I do have to say with that Tiger Legacy stuff, uh, where you play as child tiger and child oh, other yeah. golfers that's one of the creepiest things i've ever seen <laughs> do you actually make an appearance on, on the tonight show johnny carson i haven't gotten that far oh, yet okay. i believe that you do no, oh, or, no or on or on the mike douglas show or one of those um but it, it, they just look so creepy they really do. I I don't know. I, I'll play some more of it and I'll I'll get a review. But dude, uh, so of course the other thing I had to do, which I have to do at the start of every Tiger Woods game, yeah, is the uh, game face thing oh, where God. you pull the picture down from the EA servers and it takes like an hour to go through the whole thing all over again. And they always come out looking creepy no matter what. Well, that's the thing. Like, four or five years ago, it worked perfect. And I took a picture of the screen because, you know, when it did it, it did it without my hair, so it's bald me on the screen, and it looked I exactly like me. It was like looking in a mirror. Yeah. Like, to the point where Freak Lou out, because he's sitting up there, and he's his the head is kind of moving around back and forth a little bit and the eyes are moving and everything she's like all right that's creeping me out could you that's, like turn that off <laughs> it's it's too bad you can't like record a voice like some voice clips and just have it randomly go hello lou <laughs> it was amazing because it looked spectacular yeah it has gone downhill ever since i don't know what they did it's the exact same picture like 
that picture is the same picture that's sitting on the EA servers for the past four or five years. And every year I do it, it looks worse and worse. <laughs> I, I don't understand what, what they're doing to this algorithm. But the odd thing about it, well, the dumb thing about it, is when it all finishes up, and you get in there and you can tweak things like you could do the hair color and hairstyle and all that stuff. Right. Well, he's wearing a hat. He's wearing an EA Sports hat. And you can't take the hat off, so you can't tell what the hair looks like when you're picking oh, it. <laughs> so I ran into that right off the bat, and I'm like, well, this is just stupid. <laughs> what? So why, why even do they... Uh... I... I have no idea. This was not a problem in any of the previous versions, but, you know, it's just one of those dumb things. Now, the other odd thing, and this has been going on for years, but I wrote some of this down this year because this is a different sports game than the typical EA sports games. You know, they have their EA tracks where it's all like hard rock or hip hop or something like that, you know, where they've got the music that goes with whatever to get you pumped up for the game. And, of course, Tiger Woods, it doesn't because it's golf. So they have just generic, instrumental, light music going on throughout the game. And it's all pretty serious. You know, the whole thing is a pretty straightforward, pretty serious game. This is not Hot Shots Golf. It's not cutesy. It's not funny. It's They treat it like it's a serious thing. Until you get to the game face and you're building the face. Right. And when you're waiting, as it's doing all its calculations, they throw up all these little things on the screen that say retrieving old school photos, airbrushing, contacting your modeling agency for approval, transferring the nuclear launch codes. <laughs> No time like the present to write your pen pal. Initiating self-destruct sequence. Wow. So junk like that is flashing up on the screen, and it is completely out of left field and has absolutely no place in the game compared to the entire rest of the game. Like, there is no humor anywhere in this game. And then there's this. It's just, <laughs> it just yeah, it is. No it's out of left field. <laughs> it, it makes no sense whatsoever to have this in there. So I, I just I had to write them down this time because it's, it's bothered me the last couple of years. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, hey, that's pretty funny. But then this time I was like, I had been doing uh... so much else in the game. And yeah, and I'm like, this really doesn't fit at all. This shouldn't, this shouldn't be in here. <laughs> it doesn't fit with anything else in the game. That is so, <laughs> yeah. They probably got some Just intern odd. to work on that. Yeah, you work on that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck around with it all over the place. Yeah. So it's one of those odd things. But I'm playing more through it, uh, trying to get a handle on the swing mechanic and everything, and trying to get into some of the... Some of the different things they've done this year uh, so that I can get a review done in the next maybe two weeks, I guess. I, I just need more time to, to really delve into some of these things a little deeper and see what they've done with them. Um, but eh, it's good so far. It's good and bad. I, I'm I'm iffy on the whole 
course thing, the downloadable course thing, and the way yeah. they're doing it this year. Uh, like it's it's good because you don't have to physically pay for it, but I I'm not really thrilled with the way it's implemented because it's almost like when we were talking to Sean, it's it's forcing you to do something just for the sake of extending the gameplay so that you can buy these courses. You that, know? That's what it seems so like, that, yeah. Instead of just putting these courses on the disc in the first place, because it's a freaking Blu-ray, they could have fit them. I'm sure they could have fit them. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just forcing extended gameplay on you f- for no reason other than to do it. You know, well, but that's, that's the problem. Most people like. actually they'll buy the DLC if they're into the game that much, and then they're going to find out that they get screwed over every year. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I I'd almost have to wait and see what they do next year with it. Like, do you get to carry this stuff over? Probably not. Hell You're going to no. have to start all over again and do it all over again, which has just always made me nuts about. Tiger Woods especially, but a lot of these EA Sports games, since they've been going to that be a pro mode in all of them, it just makes me mental that you build up this character, you play them for several seasons, you really start to get a feel for them, they're maturing, they're getting to a point where they're a really good player, and you can really get into it, then the next one comes out and you have to start all over from scratch. It's so frustrating. Yeah. So frustrating. Especially for Tiger Woods. Uh, for the PGA golf thing in general, because you start over from scratch and you suck. <laughs> and in golf, that makes a huge difference if you Definitely. suck. Definitely. And it's frustrating as hell to play the game when your player just flat out sucks. So uh, it's just a, a rant I've always had about the PGA games every year since they've gone to letting you create your own player. Uh, but. I, th- I still think the best uh, Tiger Woods game was back in the PS2 slash Xbox days. Uh, one of the latest ones on on those platforms. Uh, I don't know what they why they keep farting around with with the formula. It was such a great game where you could do a lot more. It seems, and now it's all about nothing but the career mode. Almost, you know, it's yeah, I don't know. yeah. The the yeah, those late PS2 ones were good. Those were where my brother and I really started playing online a lot. Yeah, me too. Uh, the two of us would just be on with our headsets, and it's the perfect game for it because you're playing golf. So you know you can hang out and talk, and that's what we do. We just talk for hours and just shoot around a golf. And you know we'd go through several rounds as we were talking on the phone. It was a lot of fun, very relaxing, very you know fun to do. But now it's I don't know. It's different. It's, yeah. There's they're trying to jam too much in and. I don't know that it's all working, but uh, yeah, play yeah. more and keep playing it and figure out. it out. And yeah, so yeah, uh, but that's it. That's really that's all I got to play. Uh, just didn't have a lot of time this past week. Cool. All right. Yeah, me. Uh, I, I talked about this last year and the year before, but uh, we have a lot of new listeners. Um, Stevens Point, Wisconsin, does the world's largest trivia contest every year. Uh, it's 54 straight hours, and uh, it's brutal. There's like 400 and some teams. Uh, it's seriously 54 hours straight. You get roughly eight questions an hour. Uh, you, you basically get two songs to get the, the answer. You call it in and everything. And uh, I started playing with my boss's team a couple of years ago, and, and you know I, I just I love taxing my mind like that. And this is actually a really tough competition. 
Uh, I mean, it's all for fun. You know, you can get trophies if you're in the top ten, that kind of thing. Not these trophies, though. Not, not that. But you whore. It's an actual trophy. Uh, but and last year we took sixth place. We did really, really well last year. And um, hey, you know, hey, hey, hey! My platinum for Just Cause Three is an Just Cause Two is an actual trophy. All right. Uh huh. Don't you tell me otherwise. Yeah, it's it's up on your on your mantle right now. Yeah. Yep, it yeah. is. All right, yeah. That's so. where my TV sits. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but yeah, you know, some people were kind enough to keep me company on, on Twitter and everything. And uh, the team that we're on uh, actually merged with another team last year, and, and uh, we had roughly like 30 to 35 people at the house at all times. And, and uh, this guy, Jody, actually sets everything up, you know, and his house is almost built for this at this point, where he's got speakers in the ceilings upstairs and downstairs so they can run the radio feed and. Uh, we've really gotten things down uh, technically to a, to a really interesting level. And, I mean, these people have boxes of stuff, like boxes of cereal boxes and uh, print ads from even back to the 50s, uh, out of magazines like Life Magazine and everything, uh, TV guides everywhere. Uh, a couple of them rip all their DVDs to a media center server so that if, if it's a movie thing like, well, you know, who said this in, in this movie? You can actually pull the movie up and run right through it really quick and try to find the clips you can hear what they're saying. And, you know, you don't have to load up the DVD or anything else. It's all right on the server. I mean, it's, it's really intense stuff. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, we, we, we had a couple flubs, and we came in, I think, 11th this year, which kind of sucks. Um, we had a pretty major flub, and it's too hard to explain what it was. But basically, uh, we had something we had to turn in from another portion of the contest, and nobody turned it in. We lost 300 points just for that. And... If we would have turned that in, we would have turned up uh, eighth place just for that one thing. So that's how tight it was for a while. And, yeah, I mean, it it, <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but, you know, it's still kind of disappointing to to do worse than last year. So uh, we'll get it next year, damn it. So can you explain, because you've mentioned it briefly to me, but I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, in the day and age of the Internet, how can this possibly no. work? He actually uh, asks questions that specifically can't be found online, uh, be it an old movie. Uh, a lot of them are, or there's a few questions uh, where they'll ask about, uh, see, see kids back in the day before there were CDs or even cassette tapes, <laughs> there were these things called records. They were big 12 inch discs uh, or the, you know, they had the 45s, which were a lot smaller. And, um, <coughs> the record would come in a big sleeve and you would have all these, li- what called, what's called liner notes. You know, some of them would, were called gatefold and they would open up and be like this big book kind of thing, but it was just the inside of the cover. And, uh, he'll ask questions specifically about stuff in the, in the uh, you know the inside of the, uh, the gatefold or even on the back cover because if you do a search online for a re- you know album art normally you'll just find the front of the album and he'll ask stuff about that kind of thing we're like oh well what shirt is this guy wearing on the back of this album stuff like that um, there's other things that are like movies where they'll gear the question in a very certain way and give you a, a character that won't come up in a normal search. And you kind of have to figure it out, like where, what movie it's in, and then try to look some stuff up. And sometimes it's not even not even an IMDb. I mean, they they take a lot of care to make sure that some of this isn't Google Googleable. I guess I'll say. This year, though, they changed the format a little bit, and they tried to make it quote unquote more accessible to some teams because everyone was complaining that uh, it was too hard. Now this is like the forty forty second or forty third year they've done this straight, and uh, they changed the format a little bit and. 
I don't know if I'm happy with how they did it, honestly, where it was a lot of stuff that you could look up on Google, uh, just straight look it up, and then they would go to these really, really intensely hard questions. And there was really no middle ground this time. And I, I think that's where a lot of the play between some of these teams jockeying for position would happen is in those middle grounds where all of a sudden you would get a big 500-point question or something. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I stayed for the whole thing. I got there at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon right after work. So I'd worked all day. I came in early, too. Um, and we, we started at 6 o'clock uh, Friday night, and it goes straight until midnight on Sunday night. <laughs> so yeah I, and the cool thing is uh the guy's house that we were in he's actually a fireman and firemen all learn how to cook i mean they learn how to cook for big big uh, groups and everything else and we ate like kings for three days i mean the food was just amazing and, and you know everybody brings something to throw onto the kitchen table so the entire kitchen table is full of snacks you know everybody brings their coolers and you know, so we make we make it fun, uh, it, but it gets pretty intense in there too. There's arguments all the time, like "No, you should look here, you piece of shit," that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> no, it was fun, and and I love doing it. And actually, tomorrow night, so tonight when you listen to the show, if it's out uh, Wednesday night, uh, a bunch of my coworkers are going to go to Green Bay for uh, Seinfeld trivia at a place. So I got to see if I can get the show edited tonight. If I can't, then I'm probably not going to go to trivia. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I just love doing that kind of thing. I love working my brain like that. So it was it was a lot of fun. Besides that, though, I mean, the problem is that takes a lot of my week because I was getting stuff ready and everything. Uh, played a ton of BF3. I'm so in the mode right now. Uh, the problem is the the video card my Mac died like all of a sudden last week. So I had to buy a new video card, which I just put in yesterday. Um, and I run I dual boot to Windows Seven. So there was no Battlefield 3 on PC last week, but I played a lot of PS3, uh, doing really well on the PS3 side, played with some people already, and actually Bitaman uh, has gotten a week-long server, and it's going up tonight, and it's going to be called PS3, PS Nation. So we're going to have a PS Nation server uh, donated by Bitaman, uh, so I thank him for that. That's very, very cool of you, and uh, I, we put it up on Twitter. I think it's just going to be called PS Nation, so you can do a search for it. It's going to be up for seven days, and uh, go over there and see if you can get on with some other people. I would assume maybe nighttime was probably the best time to go over there, but uh, thank you very much, sir, and, and uh, that's really cool. We just got that tweet about five minutes ago. Uh, and then the Pinball Arcade played again. Now, you think I, I worked on it all the time, but I, I, I swear to God, hand, hand to God, <laughs> it took me three tries to beat your black hole score. So I, yeah, I, right. Is my score still up there, or did you beat it again? Uh. No, it's still up there. Have you been playing? See, I need to play Black Hole on the PS3 because the one on the Vita is kind of broken. It's not broken, but it, there's a couple bugs in it. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple bugs in it, and I'm not getting the scores I should because of those bugs. <laughs> I know blah, that. Blah 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 blah. So no, I I got up to I played it like two or three more times, and I got up to four or five hundred thousand somewhere around there. But. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I didn't quite catch it yet. So, but that is a much tougher table because it's the scoring is tough. so much slower than it is on any of the other tables. And it sucks because if you get to the lower table, there's another little pinball game inside the table, and uh, you go down there, and that's where the big scoring is. But the problem is there's a gate on the right side. When so when you when you lose the ball on the lower table, it, it ejects out the right side. And it'll tell you gate open or gate closed. If the gate's closed, it's automatically just gone. You lose the ball. 
So you have to almost strategize. Like there's a couple times where I actually let the, let the ball go when it's a gate open. Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so it, it's yeah. really tough because you don't really gain very many points in this table. So you see these low, low scores. And you're like, what the hell? I've been playing this for 20 minutes, you know. And and uh, but it, it's really faithfully recreated. I've played that table numerous times, and it, it's it's very well done. And uh, yeah, it's not my favorite table in the collection by far, but it's it's. Great for nostalgia because that one really brings back the most nostalgia out of any of them. Um, I like yeah, I that saw. one a lot because it's. I think it's harder. You know, it's it feels harder to get a good score on that one oh, than it does on the other ones. So that's the one I I tend to play more than the others. Yeah, I I haven't found a favorite yet, but I've really been playing a lot of Theater of Magic because somebody just killed my score, and uh, uh, I need to work on that one next. And then uh, uh, Arabian Nights, I've been playing a lot of, but. Man, there's a couple of people that just have these insane scores. I don't know how they got them. So yeah. <laughs> it's called luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last thing about pinball. Uh, this obviously is something else, but uh, there, there were some things going on on Twitter the last couple of weeks uh, with Zen Pinball, uh, with the folks over at Zen. Apparently, and I don't know if I'm getting the story right, but apparently the people that are behind my one of my favorite shows uh, like ever uh, called Archer. Apparently, like the director or the creative guy on Archer, or something, something like that. Somebody on the on the Archer staff tweeted to to Zen Studio saying how much they love the game, or something to that effect. And he, and he basically said we should get an Archer table. And of course, Zen wrote back and said, uh, "Yeah." So I emailed Mel and I said, "This has to happen." And he's like, "We're working on it. We're working on it." I'm like, "No, no, no, no. This is serious Torgo now." This has to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, if you would <laughs> like to see an archer table for Zen Studio or Zen Pinball, I don't know how much it'll work, but I would say maybe you know send a friendly tweet over to Zen uh, at Zen. I think it's underscore Studio. Let me let me look it up. I want to make sure I get it right here. Zen, yeah. So it's Z E N underscore Studios, and uh, tweet them and tell them how much we need an archer table. Uh, and go to their website and do a contact us, leave them an email or something too. Cause, uh, yo, this needs to happen. It so needs to happen. Uh, and, and yeah, it just has to happen. So. <laughs> I did watch one thing though. And, and we've talked about this movie before, but I actually watched it end to end finally. Cause I bought the Blu-ray, uh, gone baby gone. Oh, I love that movie. It's a great movie. So much. Ending, ending is very non Hollywood, which I like, but, a yeah. great movie again, showing Casey Affleck can pretty much act the pants off of his brother Ben. Uh, now Ben Affleck yeah. actually directed this, and I think this movie is proof once again, uh, this in the town, that Ben Affleck should stop acting or whatever he's doing, and just stay behind the camera. Maybe write some stuff. Goodwill Hunting was a good good script. Stay behind the camera and stay off the fucking screen. Because well, you know he directed the cinematography. Yeah, the cinematography in this one is just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Like the, every every shot is just so beautifully done. It's such a good movie. Yeah. And the the choices for the for the actors and even the the non-actors that got parts just the neighborhood people because that's yeah. what they wanted. They wanted authentic neighbor that, like that when they go into her, the bar and the dude's got the oh, tracheotomy and he's wiping serious. it down and I mean <laughs> there's some fucked up shit. It is amazing. It's it's so good though. It's such a good story. It's such a messed up story. Yeah. And oh, oh, I love 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 that movie so much. 
Very, very genuine characters, really well done, a great script, a very non-traditional script. Casey Affleck is awesome in it. I mean, I really like Casey Affleck. I always have. And, you know, like I said, I, I've never liked Ben Affleck. I don't know what it is. Even when I saw him in Mallrats and I didn't know who he was, I, I looked right at Rock. I'm like, I don't like that guy. And <laughs> Well, he's I, a he, dick in Mallrats. <laughs> well, not, not just that. He just it wasn't good acting. It was a bad performance. So maybe maybe he should partner up with Ben Stiller. They they can both stay off the screen and both direct <laughs> and produce and everything else. And we'd probably see some amazing movies out of these guys. So, yeah. No, but a great movie. And, and you can get it cheap on Blu-ray. I highly recommend it. Uh, great cast to Casey Affleck. You've got, uh, which, which Moynihan is that? Michelle Moynihan, I think, or something like that. The one that was in Mission Impossible 3. Michelle Monahan. Monahan, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, Morgan Freeman's in it. Uh, now I'm forgetting who Ed Harris, Ed Harris and his wife are in it. Yeah. Um, the dude from, I, you see this character actor all the time. He was on life and a couple other things, but you'll know when he's seen, but he's awesome in this. And, Oh, the dude, um, the, the brother. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the guy from lost. He's Jacob's evil twin, evil brother what? or whatever from lost. Well, he was also he was that. also in Deadwood and and uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. So he was in the other he was in the town. Oh, that's right, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I mean, he's, seriously, he's been it's, a lot it's, of stuff. It's a very good movie, and I think it's a little underappreciated. You know, you hear people talk about how good it is, but I don't think it really got the notoriety it deserves. It's 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 really good. So I, I highly recommend that to everybody. Yeah, that's uh, cool. And the woman whose daughter uh, was oh, taken, she. See, she was perfect in that part because oh yeah, she played a cop in season two of The Wire. Okay, uh, from season two on, actually, and she played such a different character in this. And when I first saw her, I'm like, oh, it's her. Oh, I don't know, but boom, I just <laughs> bought into it almost immediately. She is so good in that part that I completely bought into it after having seen her for several seasons on on the wire as something completely different so she did a fantastic job in cool. that yeah yeah no, I, I it was nice seeing it end to end finally I, i've seen bits and pieces here and there and uh I'm, I'm just really really happy that i finally got to watch it all the way through so it was kind of weird last night i was playing a lot of battle i'm like you know what i need to watch a movie and i looked through a lot of my blu-rays and i'd watched most of them that i bought lately and i didn't pick up mission impossible yet and I went, oh, come be gone. I, uh, let's watch that tonight. Because I wasn't in a Muppet mood last night. I haven't watched the Muppets yet, and I really, really want to, but I have oh, to be yeah. in a mood. So, yeah. yeah, really happy about that. You know, it's funny. I forgot about that, but we were sitting here on Sunday, and uh, we're still watching True Blood. Man, you have to watch that because <laughs> it's a comedy. I've got, it is. I've got to finish the first season of Boardwalk Empire still. I've got... The Wire I need to watch, apparently, because everybody's telling me I need to watch The Wire, and I need to watch season two of, or series two of Sherlock Holmes still, because I haven't gotten to that. So, uh, Vampire This is good. Yeah, this is good, though, because the more I watch it, the more I realize that it's, like, 70% comedy and 30%, like, drama. Wow. <laughs> It's just so freaking funny. The the lines and the characters, it, it they really go for the jokes a lot a lot in that show, which is surprising to me huh. as the show gets deeper into it. And I know it's not 
like if you said some if you asked somebody what's true blood like the last thing they would say is comedy but it really is <laughs> it really really is um <laughs> but then we stopped in the middle of that and I said let's watch a movie and we're skimming through Netflix and trying to find something and we couldn't decide on anything she's like just pick something and the next thing I saw was Memento and I hit it and she's like oh. what no because <laughs> she doesn't want to see it because oh. <laughs> she doesn't really know what it's about she knows it's something weird and but I hit it and we watched it and she started to get more and more into it and at the very end of it as she's sitting there, she's piecing it all together in her mind. Right. She started to smile. And I was like, ah, ah, see, I knew you'd like it. She's like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but then we went over the whole thing and she was trying to figure the whole thing out in her mind. Cause it's, it's such yeah, a good it's movie. Trippy. It's just so messed up. It's cool because it's a real, it's a real affliction that can happen right. to people. And, it's Christopher Nolan and he tried to figure out how do you film that and how do you get that across to the audience? And the way he did it was perfect. Yeah. He just I agree. shot all the different scenes and just did them backwards basically. So each scene happens out of order chronologically backwards basically. Right. So you feel like that character. You just suddenly you're in a scene, you're in a place, you don't know where you are, you don't know how you got there, and you have to figure everything out and just go with it. And it, it that's how the whole movie plays out. It's perfect. So that's yeah, I I I actually have that special edition DVD that when you put the code in you can watch the movie in sequence. Yeah, I have that too. Which actually helps uh, to kind of figure some things out, so yeah. Yeah, I could never get her to watch that. So I was excited that that's pretty cool yeah. <laughs> that I saw it and I hit it and she actually she did get into it so she did like it which was cool just never show her um, insomnia oh my god that movie was so boring <laughs> I'll tell you what it was a cure for my insomnia hi oh wait here we, oh, there we go oh <laughs> oh god not another one <laughs> sorry no 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 this isn't movies no I just I, I just thought of this because this came up last week with Joel and Guzex being sold. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and I kept telling everybody, ah, it's no big deal, you know, whatever. Well, then I read up a little bit more about it, and I kept having people hit me on Twitter, and I got emails, and I got all this stuff to the point where they got me paranoid. <laughs> oh, geez. And I said, you know what? I got a lot of points. Let me just dig through and see if there's anything there. So I dug through, I went straight to the PS2 because that's, I think this is why people are getting paranoid and people are freaking out because you go to the PS3 section and look at what's available or right. the 360 and look at what's available. And it's nowhere near what it was the last time I looked. Hmm. Like now it's just populated mostly with old sports games oh and just old crappy games. Where before, you'd get a mix of everything. You'd get newer games. You'd get pretty much every title. Right. Now it's just the crap that's left. Uh. So it is almost like people are pulling back a bit or just not sure about what's going on. So I went straight to the PS2 mm -hmm. and went. I went through the entire thing. And anything that I was even remotely interested in, I was like, you know, I used to own that. It, it would be cool to have that again. I've 
been interested in that, why not? Oh, let me pick up the old MVP baseball games because they had some of them. And, you know, even the NCAA one that they did. Which is a a fantastic game. Yeah, so I went through everything and I just, and I was looking for stuff that's available. And the most you can do at once is 25, I found (laughs) out. Because I hit the limit. <laughs> and I still have a crap load of points left over because all these things are like 100 points. And I had 6,700, 7,000 points. Wow. So I've got 25 things coming and a whole ton of stuff that will automatically pull once I get these and, and say, yes, I got them and they work. Because... I I went through the list and I picked like 50 or 60 games that are available. Oh my God. And all I had to do was pay for, you know, the, the token, the trade token, which is basically a dollar. Sure. I, I had a bunch already sitting in there waiting for, you know, any of these other obscure crazy. That's the thing. Everything I have is really obscure or stuff that people are never going to trade. You know, yeah. But but every once in a while, once every couple of weeks, maybe every month and a half, two months, something would hit, and it would just ship to me, and I'd be like, "Oh wow!" And it would be a nice surprise. But it hasn't happened in a while, so so I put it in. I, dude, I got twenty five games coming. Insane, <laughs> and you'll never it's play any of them. I'm never gonna play any of them. <laughs> look for that baseball for game for bit, me, man. I need I need that last EA one. Which one? Uh, I want to say it's MVP. Well, figure it out and tell me, and I'll I'll see if it's available. I'll grab it. Okay. Because I could do it. It's no big deal. My birthday's in July. Yeah, my birthday. Oh shit! My birthday's in two days. Whoa. Wow. But I'll be on jury duty. <laughs> 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 yeah. So. Hmm, well, let's right. let's break. I think. Yeah, I think we yes. need to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll. Uh, what are we gonna talk about when we come back? Uh, well, of course, your your part two of your Sony Spring Preview event uh, report. Yeah. Also, we'll talk a little bit about the website review that we just popped up from our new writer Eric. Uh, we got a ton of emails and uh, whatever else comes to our minds. So we will be right back. Something that I really wanted to hear, so I'm glad we're getting to it now, is uh, 
your part two of uh, you know the coverage from that Sony Spring event that you went to a few weeks ago in New York City, like three weeks ago. And uh, I know you kind of saved the meat of the event for this. So I'm, I'm bring it on, baby, bring it on. Let's let's hear about some of this stuff. <laughs> well, we heard Dyad, so I can scratch that off the list right now. <laughs> Thanks, John. That's perfect. So we we got our dyad fix in. That's awesome. Uh, So the next one, I'm going to hit... I've got four games here now to talk about. And I just... I did get some audio on these, but it it was tough to hear with everything else that was going on. And I didn't feel like editing it all down and, you know, fixing all the stuff. So I took notes on the questions I asked and things like that. I keep telling you to stop using the rectal mic. It just doesn't work. But it feels good. <laughs> All right. So, Detora. Let me start with that one, because that'll yeah. be out soon. Very, very soon. That's all I know. Very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be next week. It, it could potentially be. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. it's, it, was, it was pretty much finished. The build right. that I played was pretty much finished. There was just one thing that came up last second in QA that they had to kind of get a ruling on and decide what to do with. So, But it, it could come out any time at this point. So they went so, to Judge Reinhold to get a ruling. and Exactly. Yeah. And he said, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, so this, was, this is from the group that made Linger in Shadows which was kind of that demo scene type thing. Right. And in a way, I mean, this has more more traditional type gameplay to it, but it is still in that vein. It still has that kind of feel to it, where it's it's more of an experience than it is your typical standard game. Okay. Uh, but it does have a lot of gameplay elements to it. Uh, you... Just expect another strange experience. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, you start off on what appears to be like an operating table, and you're there. You're kind of you're looking at your body, and you can see your hand. And that's the other odd, sort of odd thing about it. Like you control that hand with the move controller, and it's all true one-to-one movement and everything, but it's sort of a disembodied hand so that they could make it work the way they wanted to. Well, but uh, doesn't like the left hand is, is scripted, but the right hand is you control. So you kind of have to the right interact hand, with yes. this interactive story type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least the that's right hand like is, is all you. So you've, you've got this right hand. So you're, you're laying there. You can, you can see the doctor or whoever that is over there doing their thing. You can move the hand around. You can kind of pull at the covers. You can do a little bit of stuff. Well, then all of a sudden, things sort of go black, like you're dying, mm-hmm. and you wake up in a forest. Okay. And then you're just standing in this forest with all these leaves all over the ground and everything. And <clears throat> you can walk around the forest. So you're walking around, and it's you kind of have preset paths in a way. Like there's hills and stuff that you can't really get up. Well, uh, I mean, but how are you walking around? Are you, are you just pointing to where you want to go, or do you use the controller? Uh, you point in one direction, and I, I don't remember exactly what it is. I believe it's you hold down the move button 
to move or, okay. you know, it's holding a button down because I was trying to remember exactly how it was and it was all with just the move controller. There was no nav controller. There was no anything. Mm-hmm. Now, this okay. can also be played with a DualShock. Uh, so probably the sticks come into play or it's the same thing. They've mapped it to some kind of button there. Uh, but this was, I was playing it all with the move controller and it's a little more immersive that way. And that was the whole point of it. Like this was a game where when the move was coming, Sony showed it to those guys and said, see what you can make of this. (laughs) And this is what they came up with. (laughs) Like they were really fascinated by the idea of it and the technology and the one-to-one movement and all that stuff. And they came up with this crazy thing. So it's built very much with the move in mind, but it is accessible through a regular controller if you want it. Okay. So you can go either way. So the weird thing is you're walking around, you'll suddenly see like a birch tree, like this big white birch tree that seems out of place. And you walk over to it. And of course I'm getting the step-by-step with one of the producers and, (laughs) and he's like, okay, reach out and touch the tree. And I'm like, yeah. So so I, so I reach out and I'm like stroking the tree. I'm like, okay. And slower. You kind of stroke it. And then you're able to pull this piece of paper out and you have a map on it. Like it gives you a map by, by touching the tree. It, it lets you know what's around the area. Hmm, okay. So now you have a hand drawn map on this, on this pad. And the crazy thing is like you're holding the pad up with that right hand and you can move it around and you can pull it in real close to the screen and you can see all the texture on the paper. Wow. Like it's very intricate and it looks very much like a hand drawn, like with a pencil sort of sketch of the area. So you can use that to, to kind of figure out where you are. I think that might also be a checkpoint type system, but I'm not sure. I would assume hmm. it is uh, just based on typical gameplay elements and things like that. Hmm. Uh so I'm not going to get, I don't want to give too much away, but in general, the types of things you end up doing, I found a shack, which was kind of like a rundown gaming area of a carnival. Oh, really? Just out in the woods, yeah. So I walk over to it, and there's a ball, and I can see like the little milk cans. So I pick up the ball, and I throw it, and I, I miss terribly. And he's laughing at me. Yeah. So I pick it up again and I throw it the second time. I hit the cans, knock them down, and I hit a target behind it. Huh. And he did a double take. He's like, what? I've never seen anybody do that in one shot. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, laugh at me, will you? Especially somebody that that throws like a girl. (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) you're supposed to do that. And then you walk over and there's, you know, like one of those rifles that's attached to the to the countertop. Sure, the little BB and gun. You, yeah, like a BB gun. And you get to that, and the little ducks are going by, and you have to shoot the ducks, of course. So you do these things, and the door to this place opens up. You walk inside, and you sit down in, the, in, in there, and the whole thing starts to move. Like oh. you can see out the windows that all of a sudden this, this whole shack is moving. 
And then everything shifts, kind of gets dark and shifts, and you're in the back of what looks like a paddy wagon. And you're looking around, and you can see through the bars, you can see the police driving it, and you're handcuffed to some other dude all of a sudden. But But this is the type of stuff that goes on in this game. Like, you're in the woods, and then all of a sudden you're in some fucked up situation. You're like, how did I get here? What's going on? Wow. So... This thing crashes, the two of you are laying there, and you're trying to get the handcuffs off, and you find a hacksaw. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yeah, so for the hell of it, I was like, I wonder if I could cut his arm off. And I go, and and I'm using the move controller, and I'm cutting his arm off. And I hear the guy start screaming, and I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) And then you wake up in the forest again, and I'm like, dude, what was that? (laughs) Wow. So you it it puts you in these odd situations and you make choices. And there's no right or wrong answer. There's no penalty. There's no nothing. But what you'll find, if you make sort of the darker choices, mm-hmm. when you come back to the forest, the fog has rolled in a little bit more. There's mm. black flies buzzing all over the place. It looks more dead and decayed in a way. It almost and sounds you like make, you're in limbo and you're uh, like going through some trials to, to see if you deserve to go the next step. Kind or of. Yeah, yeah, it kind of seems like something along those lines. Cause then, like heaven tryouts or something. Yeah, when you make the lighter choices, you'll uh, things become, you know, the fog rolls away a little bit. There's butterflies and it's all nice in there and everything. Um, like the one of the other ones, I was, you're on a frozen lake and you're kind of making your way on it on your hands and knees and everything. And you use your hand to kind of clear away some of the snow because you can barely see something. And you're like, what is that? And you clear it away. And there's a dude under the ice and he's trying to get out. Yeah. Under the ice. Yeah. And the water is there and he's like drowning. Well, right next to him, under the other patch of ice, there's a trophy. <laughs> oh, God. A trophy trophy. <laughs> and you have a pickaxe in your hand, and you have to make a choice. <laughs> oh, that's... That, that's uh, yeah. awesome. I mean, that's so yeah. awesome that either you can save the guy, or you can get one of your precious trophies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so freaking cool. It's really cool. So... There's all different kinds of stuff in the forest that you find, and there's things that you have to do. Like, there was a pig that was asleep, and I couldn't get to it, but there's, like, all these apples on the ground. So I just picked up the apple, and I started hucking them at the pig. I'm like, wake up, pig, and I'm throwing them at the pig. And I hit it, <laughs> and finally... It, you? Yeah, well, I, I woke it up, and it wandered off, and, you know, you're going to need to do stuff like this. So there's a lot of neat little things in there to do, like the... I could see that there was something with this one tree and I reached up to it and I'm pulling at it, pulling at it. And I pulled a whole chunk of the bark off and all these flies come flying out. Oh wow. These black flies. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> and then boom, I got sent into some other crazy scenario and I did sort of the lighter thing. And when I came back, they had all turned to butterflies and I was like, Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> wow. So, it it kind of does that. It sends you off into all these crazy scenarios and then puts you back in the forest. It's really yeah. a neat, crazy experience type game. 
So I think it's going to be worthwhile. Uh, but it's not going to be for everybody. It's going to be it's, one of yeah, those. Yeah, it's not your typical game at all, but I, it sounds really interesting. Yeah. I, huh. It looks like they, they spent a lot of time on it and really tried to put you in some cool situations where you had to make these choices and things like that. Yeah. So that is Datora. Uh, Resistance Burning Skies. Oh. I... Obviously, I didn't get any of the single player. This was all multiplayer. Uh, now, we know this takes place sort of like in the early parts of Resistance 2, where the Chimera have invaded the U.S. They're just starting their invasion. Okay. Uh, they've invaded New York. You're a firefighter named Riley. You're on a call. And, of course, the Chimera show up. And you're like, what the hell's going on here? Right, and right. all hell breaks loose. So it's the start of the invasion of America, and that's what you're involved oh, with. Oh, okay. So uh, Greg Phillips, he's a producer at Sony. He was sitting there talking to me about the whole thing. He's my and, friend on Facebook, too. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah. There you go. He's my friend. So uh, I played it, and then we talked about it for a little while. Uh, it is the first first-person shooter coming out for the Vita. Sweet. It's coming May 29th. And the multiplayer, especially, has been built from the ground up. Uh, and the idea was to bring in the best of the previous Resistance games, their multiplayer modes. Right. So, obviously, since this is on the go, it's much smaller. It's two to eight players. And they have five maps shipping with the game, and they're built especially for multiplayer. They're not, uh, they're not like the they're single not player levels from the single player. And- yeah, they're not repurposed from the single player campaign. Okay. So they were completely built from the ground up for multiplayer, and they're more intimate maps. And they're really, and the one I played was it works. It works really well. Yeah. Uh, it's Wi-Fi uh, infrastructure only, so no ad hoc or anything like that. No 3G. Okay. Uh, the level progression, it's similar to Resistance 3. Uh, there is a level cap, but they, he wouldn't tell me what it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, probably because they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. So the whole thing, it's cool because it's really it's built for quicker matches. And that's okay. the whole point of it, because you're on a portable. Obviously, sure, you don't want sure. to be caught and bogged down in these long matches. So some of the Vita-specific things they did, since they could do this, they're using touch controls for all the secondary fire, which we right. saw some of that in the single player. So they have a lot of returning weapons, like the bullseye and the carbine and the auger. Uh, and then they have new ones, uh, like this uh, mule, which is a shotgun with an explosive crossbow bolt as your Yeah, which is in the fire. video, and it looks badass. It is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and for that one, you're, you touch the screen, and you'll basically swipe down to the corner, and you're pulling the, the arrow, you know, you're pulling the bolt back. Sure. Uh, so that you can load up the arrow. Uh, there's another thing called the Hunter, which is a Camaran pulse rifle. 
that fire your secondary there, it fires out a drone that will seek out enemies and just no rain hell down on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's something like that in Resistance 3 online, but it doesn't go hunt them down. It's just a stationary, like a little tiny yeah. mini turret. Yeah. Yeah, this one hunts them down. And for the secondary fire on that, you can basically move it around and kind of hunt down the enemies with your finger, kind of <laughs> guide it to where you want it to go. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Uh, so that's pretty freaking wild. The the carbine, the bullseye and all, you tap the screen, obviously, where you want it to fire or you, where you want it to fire the tag or where you want to shoot off the grenade. It's You'll double tap the back panel to run, things like that. Right. Uh, I was playing against people in California, and it was silky smooth. It it just ran beautifully. The detail on the levels is gorgeous. Well, <laughs> the even, game, even the video they posted looks really, really good. Yeah, it's resistance in your hands. It's everything you could ever want. Like, resistance retribution on the PSP was good. Yeah. Tough with the controls, but it mm-hmm. you know it looked good. This looks leaps and bounds better, obviously, yeah. and it's built with the Vita in mind, so it it just works. It it really feels like you've got resistance in your hands, and it's cool that the multiplayer maps are this small and they are that intimate, and you can get in and out of matches pretty quick. I, I played, I didn't sit there that long, and I played through like three or four different matches. Um, so it works and it works really well. Uh, wow. so I'm very excited for that one. Uh, that, Me too. that should be really good. I've been playing a little bit of resistance three online here and there. And, uh, I definitely would like to have a first person shooter on my Vita. So, uh, pretty excited for that one. Yeah. I think this is really going to fit the bill and it's going to, it should do well because it's resistance and it is a first person shooter. It's a true first person shooter on the Vita and it'll work with, with the twin sticks and everything. It's everything I played on it as the multiplayer, just, it felt right. I was running around. I was able to, you know, I was able to do everything I would expect to do on a, on a regular first person shooter. It felt great. So loved it. Next up is Starhawk. (laughs) indeed starhawk yes uh i got to see a lot of the single player campaign Uh, a decent chunk of it i'd say well now i did get to play a level of the single player and it's actually the single player that they showed in the tester that's what they showed us at the at the launch event okay and that's probably (laughs) that's probably what you played no, no, not at all. I actually didn't play it. Oh, okay. Okay. And, well, I'll get into that. Uh, okay. Okay, so right off the bat, one of the questions we had was, how long is this single-player campaign going to be? Is it going to be like crappy like Call of Duty and six hours? <laughs> it's going to be six hours. Okay. You know what, though? That's fine, because you can play through the single player a lot of different ways. Because well, of the build and battle system, you can play through in, in numerous ways. Exactly. But now, when I first heard that, I rolled my eyes a little bit. But, you know, I sat down and I said, Dylan, just kick back. He's like, I need to play through this, because I need to get through it again for whatever reason. And I said, play. I'll just sit and watch, and we'll talk. 
It's sure. cool. So, you know, he played for a while and we talk and I watched him go through an entire level and then start up another one and everything. Uh, the six hour campaign, that's by design. Right. Right from the start, they said, that's the mark we want to hit. That's our plan. Six hour campaign. Now he wanted to do this specifically because he wanted to drive the entire single player campaign with a unique and fresh story, something totally different. And he wanted to ensure the players would finish the campaign. Right. And that's a big thing. And that's uh, especially for me, that's the thing you get into a game and you don't finish it. I know there are a lot of people out there, a lot of hardcore players, probably a lot of our listeners that are hardcore players and they will get the game day one and they will play through it day one and then dive into the multiplayer. But if it's not a long campaign, they're upset. There's a lot of people out there that just never get to finish a game because it's too long. True. Very so he put it, and I like this actually, the way he said it, he put it in terms of a book you don't finish is a bad book. A movie you walk out on is a bad movie. You know, he said he wants you to to get through the single play, player campaign, enjoy the hell out of it, understand your learning and understanding the gameplay systems and the whole build and battle system, and then once you get through that, then you can hit the multiplayer. You can hit it running, you know, right. because you have an idea of how everything works. Unlike Warhawk, where you're just dropped in and you're going. Whoa! <laughs> as people are coming at you from every different direction and you're trying to figure your way through this thing. So back to what you were saying about, you know, what you had played before. There is a demo coming because that was one of the other questions we had, but it's a variant of what was shown at E3 and at these other events. And it shows nothing from the single player campaign. Yeah. I don't even think that levels in the campaign at all. It isn't. It's 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 and, kind of built as a tutorial, and I think they did that. Uh, you could kind of tell that they did that uh, specifically for the launch event and everything else, because what it does is it eases you completely into the game mechanics. So, you know, you have they have you run down this hill and you take out some guys just so you can get used to the shooting, and then you go over to this other spot and you try to get this and, and you get some rift energy, and then all of a sudden, boom, build and battle kicks in, and you basically build this uh, refinery that goes around the rift energy. So once you start capturing that, then you start gaining rift energy, and you have all these little, these little uh, like mini uh, objectives to, to to do, and they keep it keeps building and building and building. So you're taking out guys, and all of a sudden you're trying to build walls to keep them away from you, and then you know all of a sudden uh, the starhawks start rolling in on you after a couple of waves of enemies, and you have to start taking care of the starhawks, and it just keeps building and building and building until this huge crescendo where you're actually flying and taking starhawks out, and. I mean, Ray and I both kind of said right away, well, this is obviously something that's just built for something like this. So, And then yeah. when I saw it on the test, I'm like, oh, God, yeah, it's definitely something you're not going to see in the game. Yeah, and that will most likely be what the demo is. It's going to be a variant of that. It's going to be something like that. because and I think that's a good idea because that yeah. really does teach you the whole system. Yeah, and they don't want to give anything away of, right. for the story, which is something – see – you know, I like demos, but at the same time, I am wary of demos a lot of times for games like this because they'll drop you in like halfway through the story or partway through the story or something where I, I don't want to know that until I get to it, you know? 
Right. So, like, even with the Killzone demo, I played it, Killzone 3, and then when I got into the game and I finally got to that point, it's neat because they did change something up there at the end. Oh, yeah. But you play through a chunk of it, and when you get into it in the real game, you're like, oh, I've been here before. Okay, I know what's coming, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. And it's it's better that you get something completely different, and you, you know the- don't know what's coming when you get to the single player. That's something that Sony's gotten really good at. I mean, you and I have talked before a few times about Uncharted 3, and what you and I saw in the airport level at E3, and then the game came out, and I, you know, I got to that point, I'm like, oh, I know what to do here, blah, blah, blah. I just go, what the hell's this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it completely changed it. So they're getting yeah. really good at that. Yeah. So that's nice to see. So there will actually be a demo, and it'll probably be out very, very soon, because the game is coming out very, the game's very out soon. In two weeks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the multiplayer beta, I asked him about that and how that went, and he said it was great. They got a ton of feedback, and they made a number of changes based on the feedback and everything they saw. They're constantly maintaining contact with the forums and Facebook and all that. Yeah. So they have a ton of tweaks and fixes going right into the day one patch uh, because, you know, they had to get finalized code. Yeah, and, you have to get everything out and run and get QA it shipped. And, yeah. But even after that, they've still been monitoring everything and sifting through all the data because they have mountains and mountains of data where they could see where things worked, where they didn't. And they've just been going through all that and tweaking things, and that's all coming in that day one patch. And obviously, they're going to support it and tweak it and update it along the way after release. They're going to keep watching things and you know, just work on it as, as it goes. Sure. Yeah, um, well, and, and we're, we're trying to... We're probably going to be having Dylan on the show here... Next week, even maybe. Uh, I think that's actually yeah. next week that we're going to have him on. So, next week could be really interesting because we're also supposed to have somebody on for Dust Five Fourteen next week. So, next week may be uh, very little news and very very heavy on interviews. So, which is fine. <laughs> that's good. Fine I'm fine with, with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we talked a little bit about the planets uh, because it obviously it all takes place on these planets. Uh, Echo is one of them. It's got lots mm-hmm. of canyons. Scourge is another with the acid sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that in the in the beta. In the beta yeah. uh, Sever, which has not been seen yet. Uh, it, he he was telling me each planet has two different map types, uh, different color palettes, and and styles. Uh, so, I mean, think about it. It's a planet. You know, yeah. it's not going to look exactly the same from end to end. Uh, and I mentioned, well, so for DLC, you could just add a new planet, right? And he said, well, that's exactly the way we want to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, but aren't I the smart guy? <laughs> uh, but the, what they want to do is they want to wait and see how players are playing it. Yeah. And ask what they want for DLC before just, you know, because a lot of companies will they'll work on the game and then they'll immediately or concurrently work on the DLC. Right. And I like this philosophy a lot better where you ship you work on the game, you ship the game, you see how players play the game and then figure out the DLC. Exactly. Yeah. Because Which is something they did with trying, Warhawk too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You're not trying to jam something down their throat, you're trying to see what they want. Right which is a much better way of doing it. Uh, I saw 
the while he was playing the single player campaign, he was showing me the build and battle repair arm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like this robotic arm that drops down and it'll repair any of the structures that are within its reach. No shit. Yes. Wow. <laughs> it was you know, it's it's funny because awesome. that, that brings a lot into the strategy now because you want to put Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> that changes a lot right there because you're going to want to put certain buildings and everything right in, in the range of that thing. Yes, you do. Holy so crap. you drop that down in the middle, build everything around it. But then that really that clusters your buildings at times, so you don't yeah. always want to do that. So, yeah, there's a lot of strategy that comes into that. But it the animation on it is just badass. <laughs> it's so cool to watch. Uh as this whole thing comes out, it, it, he also said there's much more story than what happens at Starhawk. They have enough for three full games. Wow! If they wanted it, so well, he'd he'd kind of talked about that last year even, and and because he actually we didn't get an interview with him last year at the at the event because he was getting pulled in all these directions, and and finally, you know, I just grabbed him and said, just sit down and relax for a while because you know he, he's obviously very excited as was the team because this is the first time that anybody got to see the game and. You know, they finally got to unveil it. And, I mean, they did a really good job of keeping it a secret. Uh, there was a lot of innuendo and, and, you know, kind of whispers in the, in the background. But, really, they kept this one under wraps. And uh, he sat down with Ray and I, and, I mean, he told us a lot of stuff that hadn't been revealed at the time. Obviously, we couldn't say anything about it. But, you know, he told us a lot about what was going on and, and where they were going. And I think he felt comfortable telling me because I had seen the game in 2009. But, <laughs> but um yeah. You know, and, and that's the weird thing about this one is that it's kind of personal to me because, you know, I was I was at that studio at the ground when this was pretty much at the ground floor, and I got I kind of got to watch it grow a little bit, and and um, you know, it's supposed to be showing up tomorrow. So uh, if that's the case, I'll be <laughs> if it's only six hours, I'll probably be playing through the single player about three times, and uh, trying to get as as good of a review as I can to everybody. But uh, you know. It, I'll be brutally honest. The first time I saw that build and battle, I was a little concerned because I don't play re- real time strategy games for a reason. I suck at them. I'm really, really bad at them. Uh, the only one I ever really played was Com- Command and Conquer Generals, and I was decent, but I'd always get my ass kicked. Until I got my hands on it and actually played with the build and battle, even though it was that demo level, it started making sense. And and the cool thing is, is learning that system, even especially in the single player, I think really helps you understand what you want to do in the multiplayer. You know, there were so many yeah, mistakes that I saw exactly. people making in the multiplayer and you try to help them and they didn't want to, they didn't want to listen to you or anything, but you have to be very, very strategic about what you're doing with, with the build and battle system, where you're placing things because there's limits, there's, you know, you're, you're running out of rift energy too quickly, whatever. And if you do this correctly, you can really be effective. But the multiplayer beta showed you something insanely cool about this game and that is you can play it in the multiplayer or the single player. You can play it a million different ways. And you can be effective in more than one way. You know, we started seeing people building walls around the flag on CTF so that people could get in to get the flag, but they couldn't get out unless somebody accompanied them and, and basically blew that wall up. Because there's no ladder on the inside, it's just on the outside. Yeah. yeah. So you would see strategies like that, and then you would see people cracking that strategy, and you had to figure out something new. That's what I love about this, because... Warhawk's a great game. It's still one of my favorites. Seriously, I, I love Warhawk to death. But it's pretty straightforward nowadays. You you know what, how people are going to attack certain things. You know what to expect. 
you you can be very effective if you played the game enough. Whereas with Starhawk, you know, you just have to keep evolving, and that's what's so great about it, and that's what really, really impresses me the most about it is that they've figured out a way to make players evolve. That you can't just rest on your laurels anymore, and that, you know, what might have worked last week ain't going to work anymore because somebody's learned a, a counter strategy to that. So it, I'm really seriously excited for this game, and, and this is one of my all-time, like, 2012, this is one of my most anticipated games. And I, I can't wait to get my hands on it. it, it it's lucky that it's, you know, at least got a month before E3 to play it. I'm like, there was a game that came out like two days before E3 last year that I was just pissed off. So, really looking forward to this yeah. one. It's cool. We we had talked about the uh, the structure limit of 32 <clears throat> yeah. uh, for the build and battle. And right now it, it just comes down to memory limitations. That makes sense. Uh, you know, but... because you need to support 32 per team. Yeah. And that's 64, obviously, and then split screen, which yeah. doubles everything on top of that. So, you know, they're they're looking at ways to ensure that it just, you don't run into the limit that often. Yeah, but you know um, what? They need that limit because it, it, it makes you strategize more. It makes you think yeah, more. Yeah, it does. If you, if you were just allowed to put anything anywhere you wanted to, as long as you have the rift energy to do it, I think that that game would be very different, and I think people would get bored with it a lot quicker. Uh, the fact that, that, you know, if you want to move forward and you want to put some kind of an encampment in the middle of the map closer to the, to your opponents, you have to start blowing shit up in your base. I mean, it, you have to be yeah. really strategic about this stuff, uh, so that you can still defend the flag of your plane CTF and, and be able to move in on, on your enemies as well. So I love that there's a limit and, you know, it's just, you have to make sure that you're playing with people that understand what to do with that limit instead of ma- making well, five jetpack pads. Exactly, and that's the biggest part of it. You really need to have a good team that you're working with yeah. uh, to get anywhere in the game. So, uh, the cutscenes, oh, just wait till you see those cutscenes. Yeah, it, it, the animation studio that did them is actually the same ones that did so the opening good. for Mad Men. Uh, they're oh. out of Austin, Texas, and they, they're brilliant. I've seen a couple of them, and they're brilliant. Yeah, they look so good. They're yeah. just such beautiful illustrations, oh, the way they're done, ball. and yeah. the the color palette that they choose and everything and the way it works. It's, it's so freaking cool. Uh, but I get to see a chunk of the story and it's neat because it does, it plays out and the whole way along the way, it's really teaching you how to play the game, how to use that build and battle, how to use strategy and what you need to do to get through each level. And you'll be able to take that right into the multiplayer when you're ready to go. So it is. It's like a good, big, long, extended tutorial with a great story that will get you ready for the multiplayer. Yep, definitely. So, I think it's I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to get some more info out of uh, Dylan as well next week. I can't wait to talk to him. I, I love. Yep. Uh, he's one of those people that I just love talking to, like Stuart. I, I can sit and talk to Dylan for hours. So, yeah, he's fun. Yeah. All right. You know, so we, we'll we missed something more. before we go to e- emails. What? And I can't no, believe I'm we missed it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I have f- Dust 514 to talk oh, about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't go too much into that because obviously we're going to have, have Mon next week. Well, I'm sure they have a lot to say, too. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, what, what, did, what did I miss, though? Well, we missed something really big, but go ahead and do that, and then I'll talk about it after. Okay. <laughs> we're idiots. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, boy. All right, so Dust514, 
this is a fully free to download uh, and play first person shooter exclusive to the PSN. Mm-hmm. This is the one we we saw was announced at E three this past year, and we were all like, "Holy it, shit!" Yeah, and holy shit indeed. I the wow. <laughs> it, it looks really yeah. cool. There's no reason not to get this because it's free. It's free, free, free. free. You don't it even have to be runs, uh, on Plus to get it free. No, it's totally free. It runs on a heavily modified Unreal Engine, uh, which accommodates oh. <laughs> the larger maps. Hopefully that modification means it works on the PS3. <laughs> it works. I know, it's, I'm just joking. Because that's what I was playing it on. And it was really done to accommodate the larger maps that they okay. have on this. So, right now, 4 by 4 kilometer square, 24 versus 24 PvP. That's the largest they've announced so far. Could get bigger. <laughs> wow. uh, they said they could probably pull off much, much larger, like 100, but they're <sighs> focused on balance for right now. Yeah. So Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. So, the... The badass thing about this, now I keep saying that it's free, free, free. Nothing has been cut out of this that requires you to pay for it to play through the game at all. Right. The entire business model is based off of things like League of Legends, where it's a very skill based game. So it's not free to play, pay to win. I mean, you can pay to customize things. Yeah. Uh, but absolutely none of it is required to get through the game or to make it, you know, to advance in the game in any way. Well, the way I heard it, it was if if you see a weapon that you want and you don't want to wait to level up to get that weapon, you can buy it. You can. But you yeah. don't have to buy anything whatsoever. Exactly. You could download this game and never put a dime into it and just play the hell out of it. If you want. Yeah. That's amazing to me. <laughs> that's absolutely well, stunning. Well, I mean, EVE Online <laughs> is bigger than you think, and I think that's kind of oh, how they're is. supplementing it all, because EVE Online is yeah. so big, and, and you know, they have this opportunity. But I think they're also looking into the way, you know, to pull people from Dust514 into the EVE Online universe a little bit, get them kind of hungry for it, maybe even get some crossover play. But, yeah, I, I think this is extraordinary, especially because... And you've played it, and I'm really jealous of that because the latest videos I've seen, I really, really want to play this. But, um, you know, normally if you saw a first-person shooter that interacts with an MMO of any type, that scares me. Because you're looking at, you're normally you're looking at something that's very uh, kind of uh, clicky to a certain extent. Like, it doesn't seem very responsive, you know, it, it, it just looks kind of icky for a little while. You know, if you're used to a kill zone or something like that, you have an expectation of what a first-person shooter should be, and then you go to these games, and all of a sudden it's like, what? What am I doing? Uh, and the videos I've seen of this is none of that. No, so, it isn't. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited. So, yeah, let me talk about that. The The idea is that uh, you're a mercenary. You're, you're all these mercenaries. That's the whole point of the this side of it, the Dust 514 side of it. Yeah. Okay, and... You'll start in your little mercenaries' quarters, and that's your little private lobby where you can get your loadouts and get yourself all set up. And then you walk out into the lobby of the war barge 
<laughs> and <laughs> this is where everything is going on. This is where you can look at maps. You can find and take on contracts. And these are contracts <clears throat> that are uh, prepared by uh, the AI or they're prepared by actual players on EVE Online. Right. So they can be offered up by like the computer-controlled corporation or an actual EVE Online player that says, here's a contract, this is what I want you to do. That's crazy. You can, it is. <laughs> it's so freaking cool. So you can chat with EVE Online players via text or voice chat while you're in there. <laughs> and he hinted that this is one of the reasons why it's a PS3 exclusive. <laughs> Oh, because it's an open system. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So that's one of the reasons we got it. That's probably one of the big reasons we got it. That's uh, cool. It, the, the gameplay, it's very similar to a Battlefield multiplayer. Oh. Um, but the badass thing about it is you have that connection to the EVE Online players. Right. So I think I talked about this last week. You'll be down on the ground... And you'll call up that EVE Online player to, you know, fulfill their part of the contract, and you'll call in an orbital strike. Yeah. And they will fire down a missile and soften up the bunker that you're trying to get into. I mean, this is this is this is an RTS where the little NPCs that are running on the ground call for ammunition or something. You're that NPC now. Yes. God. <laughs> It's insane. That's so cool. So when you complete the contract, the money flows from the EVE Corporation right into the Dust514 side of things. And everything happening in Dust514 is part of the persistent EVE Online universe that's been running for nine years already. Yep. And he was saying it's the only MMO to have grown in every single year of its existence. And it's because it has that, they think it's because it has that sandbox style of gameplay where, you know, there's no, like in a lot of MMOs, you have your quests and you have your different things and you can meet right. up with players, but you're on this path and they're on a completely different path and different levels and everything. There is nothing like that. It's just an open world and go do what you want. Right. You know, so alliances come and go. Trust is just an important, as important a currency as other things. You know, because everybody plays together, or they fight together, or they do whatever. You know, or unless you're Josh, you just sit in the corner and tell everybody to go fuck themselves. Yeah. So you know, bringing this to the PS3, especially free, a free free-to-play first-person shooter because that's more geared toward a console audience. Right. But they connect it with that huge EVE Online universe, and it brings that universe potentially millions of new players yep. as an influx into this whole economy and world that's going on in there. But I, I do love the fact that they're not doing you know this DC universe or, or all the other models out there. Where it's free to play up until like level twenty, and then you got to start paying yeah. for it. I love yeah. the fact that you'll never—I mean, seriously—you'll never have to pay a dime to play this game unless you see a weapon you want or a loadout or whatever. That's freaking awesome. I mean, there are people that are going to pay for that. I guarantee you because they want to be the big badass. But 
The one thing I heard from uh, from the guy that they were interviewing on the PlayStation blog cast was that there's not one weapon out there that you can pay a hundred bucks for that'll make you like the uber badass. Yeah, everything exactly. is still balanced from beginning to end. So you might have a powerful weapon, but there's still going to be a downside to it, and you're not going to have you know you're not going to be the, the 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 death dealer here. And I think that's just I it's such the right way to go to get people to actually buy into playing this game instead of playing it and, and worrying about the fact that, shit, this guy's already up to level 30, I'm, it's going to suck, I'm just going to get my ass raped all the time. They're making it a very definitive point that you can get in here and, and start playing that game without just getting base raped constantly, you know? And, and I so think that's the right way to go. Yeah. It's, it's staggering, just the possibilities here. Just connecting it to that EVE Online universe and and doing it in this way. You know, like EVE Online, they've, they've got their own thing going on where you can be like the commander of a big battleship and you can do all these crazy things. Well, a console audience is not going to go for that. You can build a first-person shooter. Yeah. People on consoles know how to play those, you know? And yeah, they've the cool thing is, out, yeah. you can use R1 to shoot. That's the whole point of this game. You got R1 for shooting because it's <laughs> PS3 game. <laughs> None of that R2 uh, bullshit. But it feels great. It looks great. It feels just like every other first-person shooter out there where it doesn't feel off. It doesn't feel wrong. It doesn't feel rushed or doesn't feel forced or anything like that. It feels like it's a built from the ground up first person shooter you can call in vehicles so you can call in a tank and hop into it and go cruising through the area and start blowing people up it's pretty wild it's badass <laughs> um but everything about the game just feels like a really excellent first person shooter oh and by the way you've got a whole other universe of players out there that you can make deals with and call in favors and have them doing stuff for you, which is just insane. Yeah, this is insane because it's free. I'm, I'm a little bit, <laughs> I, it, it, it softens the blow of the agent ever coming out on the PS3. I mean, that was kind of that MMO shooter that everybody's looking for. And then this pops up out of nowhere last year at E3 and we're like, Whoa, you know, and then they say free to play. And of course everybody's like, yeah, I'm sure you get up to level 10. No, it's, yeah, this is gonna be, this is gonna be really good. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for it. I, especially after I played it, I thought this, this is awesome. This is going to be such a good game, and hopefully there will be a lot of people in there because it is free. Like yeah. I keep saying, and it's just going to be amazing. I'm, I'm excited to talk to them next week and get, you know, some more information about it and, and have them get into some more of the detail of how it all works and, and what you can do in there by, by putting all this together into one big universe, basically. Right. So, and this is, this is one I'm really looking forward to. I, I, I still, um, my mind is just blown by the fact that, this is all mashed together and it works and it's free. It's <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Sweet. Well, uh let's let's hold off on the rest of that so we can have something for the interview because I have a lot of yep. questions still. Uh so one thing that we missed before we get to the uh, uh well let's do the web review really quick cuz this kind of ties in. Uh our new writer Eric actually got a uh we're we're kind of going back and going through some library 
uh, or the PS3 and PS2 library and even PS1 maybe and trying to fill in some gaps on written reviews. And Eric, uh, actually, this was his sample review to us, and we worked on it a little bit with him to tweak it. And we got this posted up on the website already. This is his review for Need for Speed. The Run is actually up on the website now, and, and you can definitely get over there and check that out. Uh, very well written, and uh, I think he's going to fit in really nicely with the family here. So <clears throat> uh, nice to get some more content up on the web- website, obviously. And uh, we've got uh, an actual a feature from our other new writer, Nathan, coming up pretty soon as well. I just have to work with him on uh, getting things posted and teach him our stupid website crap. So, but when I was over there looking uh, for Eric's review, so I could take a look at it really quick, I noticed something that we missed that we are freaking morons for missing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, so like last week this trailer came out that we haven't talked oh, yeah. about a bit, and we're both huge fans of the series. Uh, God of War Ascension, trailer's out, it's, it's a real thing. So everybody uh, that thought it wasn't uh, real or whatever, it's real. Looks like it's um, Kratos, I think what's going to happen is Kratos is going to be pulled back from the dead. By something to maybe wreak revenge on something or other, like usual, and get really mad and scowl at No, this was, this is Ascension. This is, Kratos is immortal. This is like a prequel to all of it before he became a god. People were thinking that too, and I didn't know what to think of it, because I watched the trailer and I saw it one way and I saw it another way. So, okay, well, there you go. Uh, They're going to be doing a streaming. Okay. Well, they're going to be doing a streaming event on uh, April 30th, actually. Uh, the, the details are up on the PlayStation blog. We'll probably get them posted on our website as well. But they're going to be showing the game on the stream and taking questions, that kind of thing. So if you're interested, uh, definitely get your questions sent in for that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how we decided not to talk about this. This is what happens when we work too much. <sighs> well, you know, it, the, that news came out a while ago. but It was like that the g- day that I put the show up. And I'm like, oh, yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, now we, you know, it's... it's we always miss everything by a day. So we forgot. Yeah. 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 So there you go, yeah. God of War Ascension from, uh, of course, Santa Monica Studios, uh, game director Todd Pappy, and yeah. So uh, hopefully I'll get to be able to watch the, uh, the, the the stream. I hope I can. So that's my plan. We'll see what happens. Uh, so, all right, let's hit these emails, man. We're going to... Maybe it isn't Joel's fault, because we're going really long tonight. <laughs> wow, I think this is just ca- us kind of lashing out because jo- Joel's not here. Yeah. So subconsciously, we're just making it a long show. Who knows? All right, first one. Uh, oh yeah, th- I saw this one. Uh, this is from nobody. This is from Twikey, I guess. And it's uh, about Frobisher says that we talked about last week. Hello, I'm a longtime listener from Portugal. We need Tweaky. to put a map up. We need to, it's Tweaky would be uh no. <laughs> We need to put a map up, like all the people that write in. Damn it. Should have done that two years ago. Uh, Long-term listener from Portugal, and while listening to your latest podcast, I heard you talking about a game, a game, a coming game called Frobisher Says, but I got this game for free when I bought the Vita on launch day. Uh, Can you tell me what's (laughs) up with this? Still waiting for Persona, though. Wink. Uh, My five-year-old daughter is crazy about Frobisher Says. Keep up the good work. Love all your voices. Uh, they too massage my ear cones. <laughs> ear cones. <laughs> so there you go. Well, what's uh, up with this is Europe is better than us. Uh, that's what I hear. Yeah. says, yeah. yeah. So Europe got that game at launch, and it's Portugal. Oh yeah, Portugal, Spain. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is especially yeah. Europe over there. Yeah. And we're not I mean, getting it until I don't know a couple weeks from now. It could come out at any time at this point. So 
I was yeah. reading that. I, I was reading that, and when he says my five year old loves, I'm like, please don't say your podcast, please, <laughs> please don't. <do> that. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank God. Yeah, when I played it, I was like, wow, this is done. This is like a fully complete thing, and I had no idea that it was already out in Europe. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. That happens every now and then. You know, we get a lot more stuff than Europe does ahead of time. Europe every now and then gets gets a bone thrown to them. Um, usually like I yeah. <laughs> all right so this next one is from Darth Cruncher and he says hey guys love the show it never fails to entertain me anyway I share my PS3 with my 9 year old son who we often play FIFA together or the odd game of Battlefield <laughs> <laughs> ooh I am such a bad parent <laughs> <laughs> But imagine the day I walk in and there he is laughing whilst playing the Russian level on Call of Duty. Yikes. <laughs> With statement like, this is cool, watch me shoot, watch me while I shoot these. So now so far, he hasn't picked up a gun and run around blasting kids at a school and I don't see him turning into a psycho killer. So it was all the fuss about video game violence, the usual taboo ta- or tabloid crap. Uh, I know you don't have kids yet, question mark. No, uh, we'll soon. None that I know of. Uh, but do we overreact as adults? That I think, yes. Yeah, um, I do too. I think adults suddenly forget what it was like to be a kid, and they freak out about every little thing that was not a big deal when we were younger. You know? What, what about the guy that got up in the bell tower and shot all those people at the college? The video games didn't exist back then. Exactly. Just wondering. <laughs> So he says, and which is worse, swearing, an act they hear every day, or violence, an act they only generally see on TV? Well, it depends on where they go to school. On the news. (laughs) Uh, Other holy crap moments. Resident Evil 1, the dog through the window. No, 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 not Resident. Oh, yeah, Resident Evil. Sorry, gosh. I'll shut up now. (laughs) The dog through the window. And last week in Battlefield, I was flying a chopper when a body dropped onto the window from a guy who... Bailed out of a jet above, scared the shit out of me. I've actually had that happen before, too. <laughs> That's funny. It does. You're also like, what the fuck? And then you realize you can't see anything because you, you can't get them off uh, the, uh, the, the windshield. It takes, like, an act of God to get them off that windshield. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah. there there is something to it. I mean, there are obviously... Those those individuals out there that have that little tweak in their brain that can't make the uh, distinction between fantasy and reality to a certain extent, uh, but you're always going to have that kind of person if you have video games or not. I mean, like I said, the guy in the wall, you know, the the uh, the clock tower at well, not Kent State. It was now nah, whatever. No, it was it. It was in Texas. Yeah, yeah, the one in Texas. Uh, you know, what about Hitler? He didn't have video games. I mean, it, th- there's always going to be those people that have that part of their brain that sees nothing wrong with what they're doing and you know if they say it's because they were playing video games whatever it's i've been playing video games since i was six years old and i haven't harmed a flea i mean it's it's really the person it's not you know that that stimuli out there it's it's more about what the person is inside and what they have in their head i mean but obviously if you're a parent you know (laughs) 
I, I can tell you stories about a couple of friends that I have that have kids, and I think they've let them play the games way too much, and I think they're on some games they shouldn't be playing. But I'm not their parent, so what am I going to do about it? Call Dyfus. <laughs> oh, you don't have that. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's uh, child services here in New uh-huh. Jersey. <laughs> yeah, well. And Lou calls it Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> She's like every time we're talking about you know the kid to be and how he's gonna get a he's gonna feel abused and he's gonna go I'm calling Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> the big fat guy from Street Fighter Four. Oh my god. No, uh, George Carlin in Bill and Ted. Oh yeah, Rufus. He'd be the cool one. <laughs> well, I gotta take your kids. All right. Uh, this next one is from Alfonso. Hello, Alfonso. Says beginning of the podcast two sixty four was a hard listen uh, and very touching moment. Hope Joel gets better soon because the podcast is way better when it's all three. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to put us down like that, Josh, nobody likes us unless Joel's here. No, sorry, Glenn's already deleted him from Skype so that he could get it on the PS <laughs> yeah, on the Vita. I got to get to work on Vita somehow. Uh, yeah, no, we, we miss Joel. So, uh, out of the entire PSP library, what's your number one PSP title you want to see be remade on the Vita? Mine is Final Fantasy Crisis Core. you got to tell me about this crap ahead of time. Well, no, see, I put this one in because that brings up a, a good question. I don't know that I want a PSP game remade on the Vita. What happened to... Weren't they talking about how easy it was they made the PSP games to port to the PS3. Wasn't there something about that that we heard in the past year or two? PSP to PS3? Yes. That they were talking Mm. about being able to do that and talking about putting the games out as just simple ports. You know, that may or may not probably won't have trophies, but we'll do a simple port of these games. Well, they did, kind of, with the God of War Origins collection. Right, right. But they HD-ified them, too. But that that's one, the problem. I mean, Bringing a piece that's got a war. Like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. got a war and they put a lot more work into it and did something special. But I'd almost rather see some of these games like Final Fantasy Crisis Core come to the PS3 or come to the PSN as, you know, it doesn't have to be fully uprezzed and perfect and everything. But even if it comes to the well, PSN as a download that you could play on the PS3. But I think it does need That'd to be, be awesome. up-res because you're, you're you're looking at a very very low resolution game. But it doesn't matter when it's well, on the when it's on the PSP screen. But if you bring that to the PS3 screen, it's going to look like shit. But not I'm I'm saying not like fully HD, like the full on treatment that they did for God of War. Yeah, it'll definitely need a little bit of tweaking. But yeah. it doesn't need the full. But I swear they mentioned that they could do that or they were going to do that. Whether it was at E3 or around E3 yeah, or something. Yeah, I remember someone talking I know about they that. they said it. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where we heard that. I'll tell you, I, I, I would like to see Hammer and Hero come to uh, a different system. <laughs> yeah. I really like that game. It's insanely hard after a while, but it's it's such a neat game. Uh, that, that one really comes to mind quickly. Um, boy, I'd have to go look at all my PSP games. I'm still holding out hope for that... Uh Kill Zone One, Kill Zone Liberation, Liberation yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Three uh, PS3 sort of remake daily. Come on, that has to be switch Liberation Why? to a first-person shooter, and 
Uh, but that has to be why Killzone One was magically pulled. Uh, you may have something there, and I'm gonna. I'm. I've already got it in my book to uh, try to crack somebody on that with a few beers at D3. I'm gonna try to see if that's I can, a good idea. Yeah, ply them with alcohol. That usually works. And then I'll get in trouble if I say anything. So you and I will you know, know what? but nobody else will. No. You know what? We won't have to because that's going to be one of the big reveals at E3. Could be. Could be one of the one of the reveals. I don't know if it's a big reveal, but I it could be one of my them. pants. Or we could see see Killzone Four. Well, I could go know. with that. Yeah, you never know. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to think <sighs> of anything else. PSP. I. I, <laughs> I don't know because it was, the PSP for me well, was always kind of an extension of what I had on the PS3 and. I don't play a lot. I guess uh, some of the RPGs, uh, especially the East games that are out for that, you know, East Oath and Felgana would be amazing on the PS3 or the Vita. Uh, you know, the, the three East games that came out really late for the for the PSP. I think those would work beautifully. Um, I, I mentioned oh. it before earlier on the show, Resistance Retribution <laughs> would be nice. I would love to see an up-res version of that with a better well, frame rate. To see, and, I'd love to see just the current resistance retribution compatible with the vita but it True. mysteriously disappeared from the playstation store so well, motorstorm arctic edge is back though it is yeah how about that all, all, all patched up patched up and, and stuff there's go. another game too yeah um yeah i don't know i i really haven't thought about it too much honestly I, I think it'll probably be a lot of rpgs people would like to see move but at the same time you know like atlas made sure that everything works on the vita already so uh, you know that revitalization thing that they had a couple weeks ago. There was a ton of games that were cheap, and they look brilliant on the uh, on the Vita screen. So yeah, you know, they do. I, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where the the meat of the PSP really was, especially later on, was all these RPGs from like Xseed and Atlas and uh, Square Enix, and you know all all the biggies. So yeah, of course that's not really my wheelhouse. But <clears throat> all right, uh, on to the next one. This is from our buddy Edward Paul. Uh, he he's known better as Yeah Bear or Yeah Beer. Sorry, I saw a bear there. Uh, hey guys, I've been listening since episode one fifty three. We're sorry. Just want to say, great show, and it's sad to see Joel go. But I was hoping for a little help. See, he he pulls us in with we're sad to see Joel go, and then he just like loops it around. By the way, I need some help with something. Mm-hmm. He knows how to do it. I know you guys hate doing this. Well, if we hate doing this, then why are you asking us? Uh. <laughs> You already did it. You but I didn't know. It, oh, yeah, go. yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, I didn't know where else to turn because my lack of online friends with, and people to score chase with. I was hoping I could get a shout out to help me uh, get in some good score chasing with Pinball Arcade. And Zen Pinball, keep up the good work. Uh, and Joel, if you're listening, get better soon. He actually didn't say that. I, I added that. Just, just <laughs> letting you know, Joel. No, uh, so his PSN ID is Y-E-A-H. B E E R, yeah, beer. Uh, I, I would also say if people are looking for people to play with, my God, go to our Facebook group. <laughs> it's crazy over there. We, we're over eleven hundred members now, and and uh, there is no lack of people to play games with over there. And they're even talking about uh, getting some groups together if you need like co-op or multiplayer trophies, uh, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it's. I would say definitely get over there because <clears throat> uh, man, they. They're going crazy right now. All right, last one. Alfonso, this is... Wait, we just had an email on. from him. Why does he get two emails well, in one show? On In one show? He did, we just had one from him, like number one or number two. 
What? Yeah! Where's it at? I know we did. Wait, where'd number one go? Did I... I might have deleted it. No, number, yeah, number one three. was Frobisher. No, number, number three. three, Alfonso. He gets two oh, emails damn. in one show. Boy, does get Joel... Two. Joel leaves for one week, and look what happens. Fucking mayhem. <laughs> I might as well read it. Well, I, I had to put this one in because this is a follow-up to the corruption, the Vita ah. corruption issue, and this is actually useful, possibly, for some All people. Right. So, or it's total bullshit. It could be, yes. Yeah, so that he could get two emails on. All right, that's it. Next week, I'm not doing any emails. Fuck that. I don't think we're going to have time for emails next week. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's why I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Don't, don't <laughs> neuter me in front of everybody. It made me look like I was putting my foot down and being a badass. And uh, then you're like, we're not going to have time anyway, so huh. Blah, 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 blah. No, I've made a decision. We're not having emails next week because yes, Josh. I'm sick of people running roughshod over me with their two emails in one week. <laughs> this is bullshit. All right. You're so easily confused. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm cold and there are wolves after me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last time I sent an email on how my Vita got corrupted. I did some research. So we just did an email on this guy two weeks ago, too? What the fuck? (laughs) This is the Alfonso show all of a sudden. (laughs) It is. I did some research. There isn't anything you can do to fix it. You just have to wait when the blue light is blinking on and off. The system is rebuilding the database and saving all your settings and data. When the light is off, plug the charger in, and it will blink orange on and off, restoring everything. Hmm. Turn it on. Turn on your, your Vita. Vita will be yeah. Turn it on your Vita will be fine. This process takes about four to five hours. Wow! Really? Well, well then that I know might I have also be. It might also be because he may have a bigger memory card and a lot of data to be rebuilt. Listen, listen. Nobody has a bigger memory card than I do. Anybody that has a 32-gig card, that's the biggest you can have. But I've never had that problem, so. I know, but I'm saying we don't yeah. know what kind of memory card he has in there because you run into that in the PS3. Sure. If the database needs to be rebuilt, it depends on how much data is actually in there, whether it's going to take a minute or an hour. <laughs> By the way, I wanted to give you a little update. I'm I'm down to 723 gig free on my PS3. I'm getting a little worried. So uh, that is a problem. Actually, you need to, to. There was an email that somebody sent asking exactly what that hard drive was again. So either answer it in well. The email I posted it on Twitter. It I posted it on Facebook. I don't know if I should just get cards printed up. It's the uh, you should. It's the Western Digital Scorpio. It's like 119 or 129 right now. One terabyte. Look at the size. Go to Newegg.com. Go to laptop hard drives. and uh, Or even just do a little search on Western Digital Scorpio. And you want a laptop drive. It's like $119. And it's the 9.5 millimeter height. Because you're going to see two of them in there that are one terabyte. One's going to be 12.5 millimeter. You do not want that one. You want the one that's 9.5 millimeter. Or go back and look at my uh, my Twitter the, the Twitter history and do a search on it, and you'll find the link there. Or you'll find it over on the PlayStation or on the um, PS Nation group on Facebook. So it's out there. Anyway, are we done? I don't think I that was specific enough. I think I don't have the fucking link in front of me. And 
<laughs> Somebody emailed me about that the other day, too, asking about it. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> I had to find it. I'm like, uh, wait, maybe I can find the, hold on, let me look. Hold on. Maybe I can find the part number for you. Uh. <clears throat> maybe. Come on, Gmail. Okay. Uh, order confirmation. That's not it. That's House of the Dead Overkill. That is, ah, I might, I might have found it. Uh, let's see here. Two, four. Uh, doesn't give me a part number. And hey. Well, that's just ridiculous. WD10JPVT? Well, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Here we that go. That is a right. Western I found digital it. I found it. I found it. I found it. Oh, so if you go to uh, newegg.com, it's 129 right now. Uh, you get, uh, let's see here. The item number, write this down, everybody. Item number is N as a Nancy, 8. Two E is an echo. One six, one, six eight, eight two. Two, 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 <laughs> two three six one seven three. <laughs> no, you had too many twos there. I had three twos. There's only two. There's three. I'm looking right at it. I, well, this is the right refurb. This is the refurb. The refurb. The refurb's cheaper and it works just fine. So it's the what? One twenty nine ninety nine. Shut your whore mouth. You're counting too many twos. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I don't even need my reading glasses. This is big enough. One. I'm looking at it. Too. NA2E168222361173. Western Digital Scorpio Blue. It's a WD10JPVT, one terabyte, 5400 RPM, eight megabyte cache, 2.5 inch SATA 3.0 gigabyte per second, internal notebook, hard drive, bear drive. And not bear like a big 700 pound bear. Just bear with nothing else with it. So, but like I said, you want to look for the one that's where the height maximum is nine point five millimeter. That's the biggest thing. You know what? Mm. There's two of them there. I wouldn't doubt that. Right they, on top of each the, other with the a slightly is, different item number. Yeah, the prices Same change price. every day too. So the prices change all the time. Because when I bought it, it was one nineteen. Yeah, there's two of these that are identical that have just different model numbers or whatever. That's really weird. Yeah. So there you go, folks. You buy that hard drive. It works great. It works beautifully. I've had no problems whatsoever with it. And, uh, man, it is so nice to have all that space. <laughs> it's really nice. So, all right, let's get the hell out of here. We've been talking way too long this week. I'm not going to Seinfeld trivia. I'll tell you that. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting editing done tonight. <sighs> anyway. All right, uh, so a lot of different ways you can get a hold of us. If you want to send us an email, anything else, you can do it. Send an email to podcast at psnation.org, or if you go to the website at psnation.org, hit the Contact Us button, and that'll uh, allow you to send us an email as well. Also leave us a voicemail a couple different ways. If you have Skype, you know, like on that Vita with a free account, and you can just call somebody else on Skype, uh, you can call WDT-Torgo and leave us a voicemail. Or if you uh, just want to use your regular phone, you can call 715 715- Five zero two nine seven seven three. Standard long distance rates apply. Uh, don't forget to check out our forums over at retroids.com along with all of the other podcasts in the network. Uh, you can go over to Facebook and type in PS Space Nation. People are saying it's not coming up, but it came up fine for me. Uh, but just go to the regular search, type in PS, and then a space, and then Nation. That should take you right to the group if you want to join up with all those other crazies. Uh, God, I love that Facebook group. Uh, if you use Stitcher, you can find us in the PlayStation section. Just go to uh, Stitcher.com, and there's pretty much a streaming player for every device out there. Also, you can find us if you're on the iStore, if you're on an iDevice, 
Look for the Furious Gamer app, or you can go to FuriousGamer.com and check us out, along with a bunch of different gaming podcasts streaming uh, all over the nets. Uh, don't forget our awesome, awesome sponsor who uh, helps us pay for our bills and a uh, whole bunch of stuff, and that is at AudiblePodcast.com slash PSNation. Sign up for the 14-day free trial. You get to choose from over 100,000 audiobooks, and guess what? You get to keep one of them, even if you don't keep the account. So if you quit before the 14 days is up, we still get a piece. You get to keep the book. And hey, everybody's happy. So uh, check that out, audiblepodcast.com slash PSNation. And don't forget our merch store, which I need to order shit from, like Toot Sweet for E3. Uh, head over to Zazzle.com slash PSNation. See, we get our stuff from there too, kids. Uh, Zazzle.com slash PSNation. Check out our t-shirts, hoodies, hats. Uh, I think we have, do we have condoms yet? No, that's still in the works. That's, that's right. That's still in the, in, in the lab. Uh, but we have like iPod cases, iPad cases. Uh, no Android yet, so I'm a little pissed about that, but because I'm one of the cool kids, and uh, I mean just all kinds of stuff, stickers, uh, beer steins, which I love. I have one of those myself. So Zazzle.com/psnation, and like I said, our awesome sponsor at AudiblePodcast.com/psnation, and uh, don't forget to check out our friends over at It Is Written. The links are in the show notes. The show notes are on our website at psnation.org, and they're posted there every week. So anything else, Josh? I got nothing. All right. Me neither. So we're going to get the hell out of here. Thanks for sticking with us this week. Thank you so much to uh, Sean McGrath for, for joining us to talk about Dyad. And like I said, hopefully we can get something up on the website really soon for that. Next week, if all, if all our plans go uh, the way they're supposed to go, we're going to have two interviews next week, one for Dust514 and our good friend Dylan Job to talk about Starhawk. And uh, it's going to be pretty crazy. So uh, get out there, play some games. We will talk to you very soon. Take her easy. Well, I'm afraid to have sex with a woman today because uh, they have these, you know, fertility drugs. And it's amazing. I could get pregnant with these drugs. You know, it's like they have like 19 eggs in them. What are you working at Denny's? Where'd you get those yolks? This lady in Iowa, what? She had what? How many? Seven babies? That's not a birth. That's a litter. They should be giving the family dog a DNA test, you know? Hey, Fluffy looks exhausted. <laughs> Imagine that, man. She had seven babies at once. Her vagina must look like the front door of Chuck E. Cheese at closing time. <laughs> Kids are just filing out. Whoa. Five, six, seven. Where's the clown with a pizza? It's like a fire drill at a kindergarten. Look at these kids. Did you guys read about that birth? She had seven different umbilical cords. Seven separate umbilical cords. Her placenta must look like the back of an entertainment center. The doctor's like, can I cut this? Does this go to the VCR, the computer, the television? I don't think you're supposed to have more than uh, two babies at once, ladies, because God only gave you two nipples to feed them. You know what I mean? It's, it's... What do you have, three? It's not like when a dog gets pregnant and the stomach turns into an all-you-can-eat buffet, you know? My dog got pregnant. She had more nipples than a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, you know what I'm saying? Stomach like the underside of a bathtub mat, you know? I'm grating cheese on her ass. Holy Christ. Cleaning my golf shoes. How'd I go, Fluffy? 
Seven babies at once. It's unbelievable.